what was that for? <laughs> that That's making this show seem like we just sit around and drink. But in reality, we talked about some really interesting stuff, including. It was really hard for Jimmy, but we talked a lot about Jimmy and how he got started in his racing career and motorcycling and everything like that. It's why I know everything. Well, you think you do. Well, that's good. And that's why you need to listen to this show and find out why I don't know everything. There you go. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is episode number how many? 163. 163. And so since 163 is such a special number, we thought we would do something special. We bring in a special guest, friend of the show, former co-host. Former. Yeah, former co-host. Well, I've been to, on a couple times. I was here more then. Right. You you know, you got, you know, you're you got busy, life changed. Mm-hmm. George Justice. Um, he's gonna reposition his sticker. His sticker's all over the place around here. I don't I don't even they pop it's up. It's international, actually. It is, it's yeah. gone international. Yes, it's gone international. Where, where international like they're where? hard to get. All over. Oh, because you like want North Dakota. Yeah, that okay, understood. And then you gave it some Canadians and they went Yeah. They went a little yep, bit. Canadians got them. So uh yeah, George is a coach for Jimmy Lewis off road training. You ever heard of that place? Me? Me? Yeah, I have. I invented it. Um, and uh, you're, you, have, you have a lot of other accolades, but sometimes you're a little timid about talking about your accolades. And then other times, you know, you'll just you know throw them out there. So I'm going to let you do this. But the interesting thing about tonight's show, and for everybody that's watching on Instagram, you can watch this live on both YouTube and Facebook, but Instagram doesn't really give us the, the latitude that we like. It's not like my OnlyFans account that I haven't started yet. Or my grinder account okay. that I don't even know about. But either of those. Oh, Trevor says he needs George stickers. Why? Because last time he he's came, needed them for a while. Leave some here with Jimmy. But the problem is, is if they're left out, people take them. <laughs> nobody, I'm looking nobody, so nobody, in demand. I'll put some on the table for you, Trevor. I'm looking at three about George stickers them. on my hey, desk the, right the, now. The funny thing, Trevor, when you're talking about you know George stickers, is that like don't beg for George stickers. Well, Do Trevor's it the other way. inside. Trevor, you say, hey, George, I'll run your sticker if you want to sponsor my team. Like, let's let's do it the way we're supposed to be doing this. I sponsored, <laughs> well, I sponsored. Um, you sponsored me Justin. this weekend. So I'm, I'm a kind of a, we'll say, I'm like a semi-pro mechanic. Like my mechanicking is not my real job. And I needed to kind of take a bump in mechanicing, right? Well, you're a professional because you got paid this weekend. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, George yeah. sponsored me in my mechanicing, and I got a lot of money for doing a really small job. I made it seem kind of big, but we'll get – you're too cheap, Trevor. You, no, you don't pay him to run the sticker. It's the other way around. That's – that's. we need to talk about this. This is That's not success there. That's the wrong direction. But anyways. Right. Then you know so much about – making revenue generation and success in that regard jimmy i made so much money when i didn't know how to make money i don't need to make money now okay how's that sounds good that's pretty good that's why we're sitting in the plush well-lit offices of dirt bike test studio studios the dirt bike test literally is negative income and i can actually we can afford to do this so but if you're watching on the youtubes i think that's what we have youtubes youtubes and they can they can give us money to get their question their question up first in the chat we do have super chat enabled so if you want to go yes super chat that's where you can uh you know throw us a nugget no i'm scared and then you get money so anyways that work 
This show would not be possible with the help of our spot without the help of our sponsors, which we have a few of them, and we really appreciate those sponsors. Of course, Yamaha. Does everybody know some riding blue bikes a lot more lately? Tenere's, YZ250FXs, shredding, having fun. I actually, my plans changed tomorrow, and I was supposed to drive, but now I might have to ride. And the only good thing about my plans getting completely screwed up is I'm looking more and more at riding a Tenere 700 from here back to California. Have you done that before? Not on the Tenere. Yeah. I've done it on a lot of different bikes, but that might be the perfect bike for doing this. Yamaha makes a lot of super awesome bikes. If you go to yamahamotorsports.com, you can check them all out. There's a lot new for 2023, but I don't know because Matt hasn't negotiated our new contract and they haven't given me any, given me any ad reads. Mm. Takamoto, they bring you this interesting segment called Roost or Endo. Yeah, you got to up his his fee to do that too. You got to he, you know, well, he got in early. He got in from the beginning. Yeah, but that happens. But the good thing not is, be the nice guy. And and, and he, everybody goes, oh, Jimmy, you're just trying to you know you only do this because you're in it for the money, which is totally true. I'm in it for the money. But my deal with Taco Mike was he's got to give it to our fans, and so he gives out a hundred dollars. Yeah, once gift. again, you dodge the money. <laughs> No, I gave half of it away. So he he is actually giving a, a hundred bucks nope. to our every week the one that we find the most enjoyable submission to Rooster Endo. If you want to know how to do that, wait till that segment comes. It's usually in our second hour, but we could make it happen at any time. And that's pretty cool that yeah. he does that. No, it is super cool. But and it's it's brilliant too because that hundred dollars just opens the floodgates. I'm you know, a shill. A hundred dollars in, and you go. Oh no! Click. Add that to the cart. Add that to the cart. I'm so that hundred dollar gift cost you nine hundred bucks. But yeah. that's that's okay. I'm a shill for all of the uh, stuff. I know there's technical issues going on. I can totally tell because Matt is doing stuff. The cursor's like spinning around like a little. Yeah. What is all that? Like it's a hurricane all on around the screen. Prompter there. Yeah, we can't see our chats up there. Taco Moto. Who else? Who else you got on? Scott Sports. Yep. Hey, so Those I rode. Those guys are helpful. I rode yesterday, and we had like crazy changing weather conditions: clouds, a little bit of drizzle, clouds, bright sun, back and forth. And that's a that's totally the perfect time for the 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 light transition ch changing lens. But I wore the amplified lens. Game changing. I was super stoked on that. I mean, especially when it was dark and we were riding these single track trails kind of in the trees. Good times. Scott Sports. I have that <clears throat> transitional lens in my goggles. That's my go-to before you got sponsored uh -huh. by them. And when you said Scott Sports, I thought about Scott's dampers. Okay. And who is Scott? It's Scott's dampers. That's he, Scott Ford. The guy? No, no relation, yeah. No relation. No relation to Scott goggles. He, he's really helped. Or no, but is that Scott the guy that invented owns a company or whatever that owns scott's yeah there's actually a scott the damper, at scott's. scott's at scott at scott's damper is the scott for scott's damper right? that sounds right yeah okay because he's he, really helpful did he help talk to him on the phone too. yeah he saved me a lot of money i was switching like taking a damper from one bike putting it on another I did you I talk to scott or just talk scott. to steve <clears throat> i thought it was scott okay could have yeah was Scott runs the company, but he doesn't know anything. Maybe it was Steve. I now, know. if you want to talk to the guy who knows everything, that's Forget Steve. about that story. Okay, that was Steve, maybe. <laughs> anyway, Scott Goggles. <laughs> whole, whole different thing, but it's really good. I like my Scott Goggles, by the way. Climb. 
it was crazy conditions between all the stuff. I was wearing climb gear. I was super comfortable, more comfortable than the guy I was riding with who wasn't wearing that, but good times. Uh, DDC, make your chain wheels. Everybody knows that. Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. If you're listening to this right now and you're curious about a discount at Double Take Mirrors, send us an email and we'll try to figure out how to get you one. They're new to the show because um, they're waiting on another project that I committed to. And I have to give away stuff for free when I can't produce on the other end. Did you get that uh, those mirrors to that journalist at the KTM rally? Did I was you, never never able to do that. I couldn't. Just didn't come together. Well, I pretty much forgot about twenty minutes after I was driving down the road. But I did remember a couple times, and it just the the lattice of coincidence yep. wasn't happening. So uh, Clint Rivi four eleven says, "Isn't Scott Stamper a rebranded Olin's?" That's actually a really interesting story, and there some people think that. There's a cooperation between the two of them. There's a reason why the Scots is a Scots and an Olin's is an Olin's. I know that story because I was directly involved in the reason it became that, and I would like to get Scott on here to tell that story um, with me. So, no, it's not a rebranded Olin's. There's some internal differences and stuff that, that I think they can both share. I don't know exactly how it works. I don't even know how much you would want to get into it because there's a lot of patents and patent Ooh. stuff that's in there. And and everybody else that makes a damper would love to copy what those two companies are able to do, but they can't. <laughs> patents. So, uh, do, yeah. they, do the Olins and the Scots essentially do the same dampening functions in different ways? So there were, the, before there was an Olins, it was called a, I want to say Unic. Unic? Hmm. I, I remember when we tested some of the very first ones, and and my memory is hazy on this, but, you know, I don't have to deal with it every day. I mean, the hazy memory I do, but not the, not the actual specifics. But we were testing this steering damper that was a – center mount over the triple clamp with a steering post that allowed, you know, that, that did the damping. And I think at some point, Olin's thought that this might be a better shock absorber. And so I think they bought the technology. And mm. at the same time, I think Scott may have had some sort of connection with them to make this steering damper thing and both found out different things about it. And I think the thing that made the Scots, the Scots was return to center valving. So in other words, it damps away from center and it returns free. And that's what makes a steering damper work properly for off-road, in my opinion, and probably anybody else who uses their bike aggressively off-road. So I don't know if you ever had seen any of these bikes, but they used to have something where it was just a big knob through the steering stem. In a friction thing, you can tighten it down and just, <laughs> Bob, you know. I had a desert sled. Yeah, yeah. desert sled. Yeah. I mean, so steering damper is nothing I think my new. Norton had something like that, yeah. but I'm and, not sure. And there's all different kinds of, you know, uh, different kinds of things. Matt, what are we doing here? What do we got going up there? Uh, fixing chat like how we normally have it. Okay. Troy, what about the precision damper? Uh. Yeah, Troy asked that. I I don't know about the precision. Oh, the precision concept. The precision. I don't. There's a lot of dampers out there, and I'm not 100 percent sure. I haven't tested all of them. I tested a lot of them back in the day when I worked at a magazine because everybody sent them to us, 
and I tried most of the ones that were sent to us. And it's kind of unfortunate when <laughs> you, I, I don't know. I knew so much about them from a little bit when we did the early development on them. I'd learned a lot about like why you would want certain things and not. And so when I would get one and I could, I right away, you could ask them, well, what does this one do? And then they tell you all the things it does. And I'm like, okay. Cause like three of those things, maybe you don't want it to do, or there was advantages mm. and disadvantages. So, uh, yeah. Trevor Hunter, have you tried a precision steering damper? <laughs> <laughs> no, Trevor, have you? <laughs> You're the other guy at dirt bike test. I'm sure you have. Here's uh, another question that for some that that we got missed really quick from Miller Time Moto. What are the symptoms of a failing jet block gasket on a Kian PWK? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you answer that, Matt? Yeah, you're how you're many how many up on carbs? Yeah, today. yeah, there was a little carb studying going on this weekend. What what do you think? <laughs> no, PWK, you did not work on one of those. No, I was gonna so, say I'm so, so that's one. a that's the power jet carb. So it's essentially a carburetor that uh has an electronic circuit in there and a little open you know um valve in there. And and so it 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 richens and leans the jetting by a substantial amount based on uh, mapping. And generally that was done in conjunction with power valve opening and closing. And uh, Josh Ochonuvi um, has a question here that I'm going to try to get to. On, so you don't have Instagram. the fail. What was so, the question was, so how do you, how, 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 do you, how do you know when it's failing? Yeah. Your bike runs like shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, and it's really hard to tell. So how do you diagnose it? That's an even better question. Uh, Bob raised his hand. So Bob is our um, uh, moral support monkey person in the room. Okay. Yeah. He's in witness protection. Disconnect the electronic line. He stood in front of a camera this weekend. Disconnect the electronic line. Right. And see That's a gr – Bob, I hadn't thought about that because I'm – So now we got to say, check question. out the big brain on Bob. <laughs> okay. So – this is, yeah, so uh, Kelly says it leans on top. No, Kelly, you'd be amazed at, at on certain maps that they open and close and open and close at different times. And so it does richen when it needs to richen and leans when it needs to lean. So Bob said, you probably couldn't hear him because he doesn't have a microphone. He's scared of cameras. We're going to get the Bob cam and not going to tell him one of these times. Mm. Did he go piss himself or what? <laughs> Sharded, yeah, he sharded a little bit when he it's got okay. There. When you're 90, it Actually, happens. Well, I gave him, a, I gave him a compliment. You're 60, it's, it happens. It's kind of strange that I gave him a compliment. Bob said, disconnect it and yep. see if you notice a difference. Start unplugging stuff. That yeah. always works. Yeah, because it's real simple. You're unplugging something and you're basically turning it off, and then it won't work, and then you should see a difference. So, hopefully, that answered your question. Uh, I don't know who it was from the question, but if it does. Uh, pop back in the chat and let us know or maybe you know what i always say just go out in the street and test it out right now get back to us so we had a good question here uh that josh o cho nui i love all the names <coughs> how did the 620 rally from your 97 dakar compare to the other dakar bikes that you've ridden well those bikes were actually really awesome bikes because they both possess the capability to get me to the finish line at the Dakar. 
And the interesting thing is when they rolled off the boat or they rolled off the truck, one was off a truck and one was off a boat. They still had the, they'd never been run. They were just off the assembly line. They literally had the plastic cover over the seat. It was like a bike that shows up in a crate, except they had to put the front wheel on to get it on the boat or the truck. And that's the way I got the bike. And both of those bikes, one of them, I managed to make sure it didn't finish because I shit all over it, essentially. And then, I mean, I got diarrhea. Dehydrated. That almost died me. Uh, And then the other time, I rode one all the way to the finish of that car. So they were great bikes. So as far as doing their job for what most people would need, those bikes were great bikes. Looking back, they were vibrating sieves that were really slow that kind of were medium-level handling. But, hey, the the one I rode in 97 won a stage at Dakar and beat Peter Hansel. So, I mean, what more does it need to do? So the best rally – you know what's funny? We talked about the best bike I'd ever ridden. Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention my factory BMW rally bike, Hmm. which is at the time, at that moment, was – the best bike I've ever ridden. And then it also ended my racing career. So maybe I have animosity. Well, it's probably the best for all the racers that came along behind you since it ended your career. <laughs> <laughs> right? No. Because none of those guys would be known if, no. if it didn't end there, right? No. No, it, it really, it, it, was, it, was, it was built up a lot in my head. So really what we were going to do on this show that was brought to you by Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech. Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. You know, if somebody can call up on the phone and recite those in order, I'll give them a prize. Uh, Somebody's going to just back it up. Hey, well, but they got to call right away. It's hard to do. I know this because I try to cheat tests all the time. You can also support Dirt Bike Tests by clicking through our Amazon links or our Rocky Mountain MC ATV links on the website. There's a little thing. Yeah, I'll be curious if you see a blip because I bought the C cylinder and all that. I spent some money on rocky mountain but i did do it the right way yeah i was gonna let george basically i don't just let anybody on this show i mean you think yeah you do just like we, you don't let anybody call in that's why nobody calls right <laughs> <laughs> we, we hang up on a lot of people well josh says he just bought a 620 rally that used to be owned by gary vosberg so he's just curious so that particular bike if i think that one is orange let me know whether it's orange or purple josh uh I raced one of the ones that Vosberg bought in one of the best in the desert races way back in the day. And it was some sort of a, I, it, I, cause those bikes were kind of gray market. So it had to be brought over here for a reason. So they said, Hey, go ahead and race this in a race. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so is I it, did. Is that that picture in the other house? No, that's, kind of that's, on, is that? no, that's from, that's the, that's the that's day I won the stage. That's the day I won the stage. Yeah. That's a pretty, I mean, that's a, it's orange. So yeah, that's the one, uh, Josh. That's the one that uh, that that I guess Scott Harden somehow arranged to have it brought over, and and I raced that bike for three hundred and something miles and never saw it again. They they handed it to me at the start line. We filled it up. I rode it. I think we poured a little bit of gas in there. I finished the race, and then they took it away. I never saw it again. <laughs> so welcome to that. But anyways, so what we're going to do in the show is George was going to interview me. So he's been talking about this, but he didn't say what he wanted to cover or anything. He's just going to interview me. I and said, I've been talking about interviewing you on the 
Better Rider podcast, which you should go find because those are all kind of interesting. I can't wait for Jim's to but get But I can't there. really say what I want to say on that podcast. That's a professional podcast. I'm yeah, like right. One. What do you mean that's a professional podcast? As professional as this? Oh, it's way more. I oh, keep, my, okay. keep my edge. Hold on a second. Let me. So yeah. you want me to interview you? Hold on a second. I'm going to have some water. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Have so, your water. You know, the, back to the 620. The 640 was actually what got me kind of transitioning from street to dirt because I saw one in like early 2000. I saw a 640. Okay, because this would have street. been 96, 97, 98 era is when right. Josh is talking about. So but, I, but I saw one of those. So, by the way, this is George, by the yeah, way. Don't interrupt me, Jimmy. But I saw one of those and I just thought, this thing is so cool. This looks like it'll do everything. Big gas tank, off road, it's going to do everything. But I bought one. And still got it, 2002 640 Adventure. And that's my Montana go-to if I need to go down the road for a spell or whatever. Right, except when it's freezing cold or the roads are frozen or all those kind of things. Right, or it's inconvenient to get a motorcycle. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to hang up on you um, Instagrammers, by the way. That's just what we do because you have a short attention span. If you want to go watch this show uh, again, we are live on both our YouTube and Facebook channels. It also goes up as a podcast. You can do all the things you need to do. Now, do these guys all this switch over to like Facebook or something oh, now? Some, or what do they do? do? Are they just Instagram and that's it? And they're going to, they hung up on us already. So when, if you watch this, because we save it and then I'll go back and look, but you can watch this on the other platforms and we're going to do the Jimmy Lewis interview and who gives a crap. But So we're going to hang up on you. Bye. As I did, I ended it. So, Jimmy. Right. You really want me to interview you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had our lawyers review the questions that you chimed up. I yeah, have my, I see all these. I have this list I, of questions. I have here. my legal counsel sitting over on the side um, that tell me whether I can answer them or not. So I think I think our, our motorcycling started in similar paths. You started on like mini bikes with lawnmower engines and stuff like that. Did you start that way or did no, you start I, with I, a my, my first bike was a was a Honda CT70 actually. That that my I think my dad got so it. So you grew up as a reach kid. You started riding yeah. motorcycles. You didn't so, have to scab together some So my dad got lawnmower. it for free. I think he might have found it on the side of the freeway, but somehow he <laughs> got it for free and it did not work when he brought it home. Okay. And he basically told me and my brother, if you guys can fix it, you can ride it. Well, at that time, I didn't, I was slightly more mechanically inclined than Matt is now. Yeah. Okay. Does that, that hurt? No. Okay, no. good. Yeah. Because he's my legal counsel at the moment. Um, so I thought I, I tried, but then I, you know, I asked my dad, hey, how do we fix it? And we, you know, whatever. And we pulled the carburetor apart and did whatever. And there's points. There's points. It was whole, though. It was all there. Eh, it was missing like fenders and things, you know, headlight was engine. smashed. It looked like it had been, I don't know where, I have no idea where it came from. So anyways, we got it running. And then it's like, cool, you can ride. But first you have to rake leaves and figure out how to, you're going to pay for the gas that we put inside of this thing. It's, the gas tank was under the seat. So, you know, it's pretty So how old were you? No idea. Seven, eight, somewhere in there. And so we got it running and me and my brother rode around till we broke the thing in half. Like, cause it had a pressed steel frame and we were, you know, we, we were jumping it in no time. That's all right, we did. Like behind the steering stem or something? Or uh, it broke. Fork, 
down tubes or yeah no it kind of it kind of actually i think it started breaking the shock mounts off first mm. it peeled them out of the the frame but i think we just beat them back and then just broke the frame someplace else but it was really bad it couldn't it couldn't i think my dad tried to have a you know a, a guy down the street weld it but not sure what happened but we broke it again and finally it was like okay so back to being a rich kid uh for christmas me and my brother got a brand new and so this one in like 1980 ct70 because that that was evidently the only motorcycle that existed in the world i didn't even know what a motorcycle dealership was but i wanted to ride them so we got a brand new one but with, that we had to share and how'd that work out <clears throat> i can tell you a story about like how me and my brother my mom would actually have to like scoop the ice cream out with the scooper and put it on a scale and weigh it in the bowls before she gave it to us because we thought that somebody you know Right, somebody, somebody somebody's thought, taking more. Right, somebody's getting a, the better. My advantage. family, it was like you cut the cake, and the other guy gets to choose. Oh, that's the same sort of thing. So, so, so we had this bike, and basically we we had time so we can ride it. And usually, you know, like like I think we both probably both did this. You know, you get thirty minutes and you go ride it, and like you don't have a clock or whatever back then, so you you try thirty minutes, but you'd be late coming back, and the next guy would be later, and then next, and then it would be out of gas. And then we have to go rake leaves or work so around the ranch. Did you just were you able to ride right from home, or did you? Have yeah, to get, yeah, okay. right out, right okay. out, basically right out the backyard, out into the fields, and uh, we had a little sand wash and places. But yeah, so so that that was that was it, and then we broke it in half, exactly the same way as the other one. Surprisingly, so that would be the beginning. My brother of dirt actually, bike my test brother broke it in evaluating motorcycles, I yeah. guess, for failures. Yeah, testing. My, my brother's always bigger than me. He was younger, but bigger. And he he broke it. He was kind of he was ham fisted. So yeah, so we didn't have a motorcycle for a little while, and we welded it, and it didn't work. And so now we had two crushed CT seventies. So tell me more to fast forward a little. Tell me, explain to me how a transition to kind of racing and competition. I like transitioning. What now? A a transition to racing, racing and competition, and so we so we got um, XR eighties. At some point, and we had to work. We had to work a certain amount of hours and get a certain amount of money, and they cost six hundred and thirty nine dollars at the dealer. Okay, and I had to get like three hundred fifty bucks, and then we managed to get XR eighties, and we rode those things. And now we are going riding with my dad, who had bought an XR two hundred. He had a Montessa, so he, he had an upgrade. He got an XR two hundred. We go trail riding, and of course, you're a kid. You want to race. You want to do. Like the racing stuff. That's what you saw in the magazines. And now I'm into it. I mean, I, I know where the, the Honda dealer is. I ride my bicycle 20 some odd miles down there to just go look at motorcycles and get brochures. I got, I was getting magazines at the, at the, I look at the magazines at the school because in school we had magazines. Kind of crazy. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, go to the store with my mom, look at the motorcycle magazines. So I was into it. Wanted to be a racer. We'd go riding with my dad. Well, we went up to Gorman which is still there. It's a riding OHV park. And they had this little sandy little track. And there was some kids that were racers because they had numbers on their bikes and stuff. And they had all the gear. We kind of had half the gear and we go ride around and we are on a little XR eighties and they was on a YZ 80. And I had neighbor kids that had like a YZ 50. So I knew what a two stroke was and Mm -hmm. I knew how they were faster, but I'm like, we're racing around. I'm going to beat this other kid. 
and my dad's talking to his dad while they're while we're all riding around. He's like, "Oh yeah, he races at Indian Indian Dunes, and like we we race on Friday nights, and they have this and that." I'm like racing with them, and so, and you're still an elementary school kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wanted to go race, so I'm like, and we, I'm, I'm sure that's all I told my dad. I want to go race. I want to race. And did he ever race, or did he just no? Had a, yeah, like, he just had a. Bike. He's a fireman. Fireman. Right? Yeah. So did he have shift work where he could? Right, get off had, those stretches of time on off go, on off and go he, ride during the had, week if you could or yeah whatever. four days off yeah and stuff so but he was super cool he'd take us riding we got to ride a lot of cool places around southern california and then and then it was like well let's go check out racing so we went to indian dunes and they had the like the mini bike track and we watched them race on a friday night and it was pretty cool to to see, but everybody was racing two strokes. They all had KX80s and YZ80s and CR80s. And and my dad was so anti-two-stroke because he had a Montessa. And all it did was pray. You know. <laughs> Actually, it rode off a cliff, too, with him on it. <laughs> Didn't those have a head that looked like a blooming onion on it or something? Uh, I don't know if that was the Big Montessa, but yeah. Flowering thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chrome on the gas tank. Yeah, I don't remember. Red paint with a little chrome I don't, right there where your He probably room. got his bike for free. <laughs> no, he's he's almost as cheap as I am. So we ended up we ended up uh, you know, okay, yeah, we need to get bikes. And he was he was a fireman and the firemen are all into scams, you know how this works. Mm-hmm. You, know, you all got an angle because you always put out a fire at someone's house or meet somebody or whatever. Sure. It's networking. He so he somehow met somebody that knew somebody at Kawasaki at Team Green. And I don't know how it worked, but they Team Green used to get the bikes back from their racer kids and they would sell them kind of inexpensively. So we got a couple of KX80s at some point. And they were two strokes and he was horrified about like the maintenance. These are air-cooled KX80 two strokes, by the mm-hmm. way. And it was game on. We're gonna we're gonna get to go racing. And at that time I was kind of bad on my school grades and I had to get my grades up to a certain level, which I did right away. Like almost instantly. <laughs> that was his rule. Your parents. Uh, that was my mom's sure. rule. Yeah. Yeah. Your and my mom made the, sure. the grades. My dad was like, kind of like, yeah, let's, you know, keep, I, I kind of understand it. Let's just keep these kids motivated out of trouble. Cause it probably at the moment would have been a lot easier to go throw eggs at police cars when they drove down the street. So do you, let me ask you, do you do that? Do you do that with Logan and the Cletus and them? I try. And Matt's grown up now. I try. I try to offer like sage advice, but. I, that's I'm not their dad, so that's that's somebody else's job. Just okay. you know, try to try to encourage them in the proper direction. Because you know my saying: it takes an idiot to raise a village, and you kind of do that. Right. These kids grow up. You know, Matt was around, kicking around here, young and everything, and helping with the class. And now he's so. So you're saying I'm up. you're saying I'm raising a village. You're the yeah. You're the you're village the focus. Idiot. You're raising generations of motorcyclists and. You know, stuff like that that come through. Got no, it. I did. It takes an idiot to raise a villain. Okay. You're that guy. Thank you. Anyway, I take that as a compliment. It is. Should I take that as a compliment, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to know what happened when you went to your first race. Come on. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about George now. <laughs> oh, you're, you're So your me. first race was where and what? Uh, Indian Dunes, Shadow Glen track. I don't know. I don't know that, but I was on an 82 KX80. I think the 83s had just come out, but we, you know, we got these used bikes and I think we put a top in, we prepped it, we put a piston in it, made sure everything was good. 
And I probably rode the crap out of that thing getting ready because hmm. I wanted to be good. And we rode the 80 novice class or 80 beginner class. I don't even know which which class they had. And I think I got second place in my first race. And, and we, we were hooked. There, that, were, there was a game There on. was more than two people in the race, right? Was oh, yeah. My gold no, back then, like the 80, <clears throat> you know, novice or beginner class or whatever it was, was a, was a full, like, probably, there's probably 30 riders at hmm. least. I mean, there's a lot of kids doing this. And, you know, we went and, and it was kind of one of those things where the, it was like, okay, we're going to do this maybe once a month and you have to keep your grades up and we're not going to be serious about it. But as excited as I was, and I remember how stoked I was. I mean, I was stoked from the first time I got to ride a motorcycle. And 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 this just continued. It was like anything I could do to, to do this. When, when we did well at the racing, you know, we, both my brother did okay too. I, I don't remember exactly what place he got. I didn't care. <laughs> I beat him, <laughs> but my dad was pretty stoked too. He's like, Whoa, you know, you know, I, I imagine that's the way dads are with you know, mini bike dads and stuff. My dad wasn't that, but you know, it's like, Hey, we, we can go racing. This can be cool. Let's let, you know, I think we might've raced the next weekend or he we might've gone out next Friday night, <laughs> you know, to the, to, to race the international track at Indian Dunes or, you know, I don't think I ever got to race the little mini bike track up on the hill, but uh, yeah, we, it was game on. We were into, we were kind of into racing and we started racing at least once a month, if not more than that. Hmm. And kind of figured out, you know, it was, it was a fun time to be racing because we met so many people uh, that were into it. And, you, oh, it's not just Indian Dunes. There's, there's a track called Saddleback and there's a track, you know, there was this track called OCIR, which I never got to race at, but it's Orange County International Raceway. Hmm. There was Ascot that was going on, um, De Anza Cycle Park. You know, it's just within a hour yeah, was, or two of where uh, you live. Like we were in, we were up near Ventura. We were in Somis up near Ventura. And so it was all within reach to, to go to race at all these places. And so, you know, we just kind of just did that. Who was like your first sponsor? Did you have to go out and solicit them and go no. like go into a motorcycle shop? Go, hey, come on. So my dad's fire station was literally like right down the street from CalGuard Lubricants. So CalGuard was a, you know, a, a lubricant company. They're still around. I think they, they've kind of come back and forth a couple of times. But evidently, they probably put out a fire at the, <laughs> at the facility, right? <laughs> and so we had, we had CalGuard. We had CalGuard stickers and we got, you know, 20 or 30% off. And they actually made really good oil. It was really good stuff because we ran it all the time and uh, had good luck with it. But that O'Neill gear was like mm -hmm. a few doors down from my dad's fire station. Sure enough, next thing you know, you know, he probably had to do a fire inspection and they were kind of cruising around there. It's like, you know, it doesn't look like it's in the past. My kids raced uh, 80 novice out in Indian Dunes. <laughs> Can I get 10% off? So I had an O'Neill deal. Now, at that age, in those little races, do you get checks and stuff? No. Just trophies. Just trophies. Just trophies. When do you start getting – at what level in racing do you start getting, like, little checks? Because I know, you know, now that we know all these people up in Montana and stuff, their kids do all the horse stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of these little kids are getting checks. I mean, it might be 20 or $30, but they're getting so, checks for this stuff. I think in the beginning it was just discounts. And then, you know, we had – so Kawasaki Central. And I, you, you met one of my original sponsor, you know, related. Remember Chuck Dawson? No. That was it. He was one of these guys that was school. He was the one that built, worked on the 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 Webb telescope. Matt would remember him. Hmm. Remember the guy who worked on the the mirrors on the telescope? Vaguely, 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 yeah. So Chuck was he was one of the mechanics down there, and and so we had like Kawasaki Central, which is a Kawasaki shop in Oxnard that 
you know, gave us some discount because after when my dad saw us doing well, it's like, okay, we couldn't stay on these old 82s. We had to get 83s, you know, the new, the newer bike. Cause they were definitely, it was a big, it went from air cooled to water cooled. It was a big difference. And so we ended up getting new, new bikes and, you know, kind of the racing proceeded. I don't, I don't really, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of foggy, but we sponsorship wise, I think they gave us a good deal on the bikes. I think they might've given them to them at cost. You know, that's how we said at the time there was at cost. We somehow we were getting a little bit of a parts allowance as well. And so it was starting to, you know, take form and some of the races, and this is just before the manufacturer contingency program started, but you know, certain big races would have like, Yamaha bucks or, you know, Kawasaki bucks. And you could go and you'd win. If you won, you didn't win $300 that would go as a parts credit and stuff like this. So that's kind of where it. Do they still do stuff like that? Oh, yeah. A lot of yeah. it. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big deal for a lot of people that, that I, I don't know how active it is right now because I don't follow it, but I know a lot of the manufacturers do put up contingency programs for, for racing and, and uh, a lot of riders. I, when I, when I finally moved to 125s, I started making a living racing for contingencies and, and I was getting a little bit, a little bit from sponsors at the time I'd moved. So I went from this like 10, 20% off to sort of getting free gear and free oil. I don't know. Was I getting, I was getting tires at a pretty good deal. You know, it was just, everything was kind of to where I wasn't really, I, I wouldn't, wasn't say it was costing us a lot to race. It was, relatively inexpensive but when the manufacturer contingency programs kicked in and then some of these big series like the cmc golden state series and this is all motocross by the way they would have like i won a pioneer stereo for my truck one year <laughs> i won a cr 125 from honda you know because that was the that was if you won the series this is what you got and you know was able to take those and generally you know i put a stereo in my truck but and by this time I was about 16, sold the Honda 125. That was enough money to go in. But the contingency money I got during those series was enough to buy another bike. So that's like if you get first, they give you X amount of bucks. Yeah. Just cash. If yep. you get no, 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 not cash. It always went, it always went to a parts credit. And generally I would just build up my parts credit to where I could buy a bike. And then, mm. and then I, that was going to be my new bike and I would sell my old bike. And so I didn't pay for the bike and I was able to sell the bike the the one that I was racing or use it as a practice bike. And there was some dealers that would actually take your parts credit and then they would give you like 70 cents on the dollar if you needed, if you needed right. to get cash for it. Um, you know, those times when, you know, I mean, it was just, I was hustling. I was, I was buying parts for my friends, you know, and they would give me cash. Right. And if I needed money. So there's lots of weird ways that I was kind of keeping it going. And, and uh, yeah, that's where racing kind of, that that's where the motocross racing sort of led me. Cool. And then just more and more district stuff and bigger races and desert races. Well, no, I so kind of came along or what? No, I, I, I got to the point <clears throat> where I, I call myself a professional intermediate and I started. So when I moved up to intermediate class, I was racing against guys like Mike Kudrowski, Jeff Matasevich. Uh, and if you, if you followed motocross, these are, these are big names. Uh, Willie Surratt, uh, Kyle Lewis. Um, I'm just trying to think of, but those are the guys I started racing against in intermediate class. And I was always getting third place and it just, 
I, man, I couldn't get, I could never win. I get third place. And then these guys move up. And then the next group of guys come through. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, Ryan Hughes. Uh, it's uh, Jeremy McGrath. Um, you know, Mike Chamberlain, uh, Frankie Brunch. It's just guys. Denny Stevenson, Jeff Emig. It, you know, like the list goes on of all these really famous, you know, like guys that succeeded well. And I was always this third place intermediate guy. And since I couldn't just keep winning, or I couldn't win, I couldn't move up into the professional ranks with like a ride. Hmm. I kind of had a ride as an intermediate. I was getting some support. And uh, it kind of, I don't even know where it ended, like like when I finally quit, but I just got so burnt out on motocross because we tried everything. We started modifying my bikes because it was obviously I didn't have a good enough bike if I couldn't beat them. Of course. Them, right? Well, that wasn't the truth. <laughs> we, we, made, we modified my bikes and yeah, they got faster, but I got worse. And so instead of being a third place guy, I was a fifth place guy and that was a seventh place guy. And I was getting burnt out on motocross. I was practicing. I was doing everything you probably could have done at the time because I wanted to be one of one of those guys. And um, it w- it just wasn't working out. And I remember in this in motocross was getting big at the time. And I remember going to like a Golden State or a Transcal race, and I had a you know I, at the time I was horrible at starts. And this is probably why I'm so good at starts now. I was horrible at starts, and I got bad starts, and I'd move up and pass a ton of guys, but I still wouldn't be good because the race was two laps long. Because they had 72 motos and they had to get them done in one day. <laughs> and, and you know, the it's getting dark and the track's shit and it's dusty. And I'm like, just, I'm not having any fun anymore. We were driving 7, 12 hours, you know, wherever to go, Northern California, different places. We'd gone back and done Ponca City and some of these other races. And it was just the point where it wasn't any fun anymore and I wasn't doing very well. And a friend of mine said, hey, uh, you want to go out and ride this thing called an enduro? Because I had buddies that I rode with, you know, that they, they would come to the tracks and stuff. And these guys were, they were enduro racers or off-road guys. You want to come and ride an enduro? I'm like, no, I'm not enduro. Well, finally, I was just out of my skull because I liked riding motorcycles, but I wouldn't have fun. I went and rode an enduro on my XR200. I just had this crappy old XR200 that we'd somehow acquired. And, and I went and had literally one of the most fun days of riding we drove there you didn't have to pay to get in the gate you just pulled out in the desert and unloaded your truck and you went and found some place where you kind of signed up and it was you know 20 bucks or 25 bucks mm-hmm. or something you signed up and they gave you a number and you stuck it on there and you you start and i burnt every check at that enduro i was the freaking fastest guy there still finished on the fourth page as a result but i had a really good time and when i was done i was tired i like wanted to go home and go to bed i didn't want to ride more and, and so like, the moto cross stuff you, it you ended, were pretty it ended, fresh at the end. It ended right there. I'm like, oh, okay. I want to go riding off road now. Like yeah. this is fun, and and so I still raced a little bit of motocross. You know, I was still kind of doing it, but that that enduro experience, that off road riding experience, because I'd always trail ridden, had always done that for fun because I couldn't get enough just riding around a motocross track, and so this kind of I'm like. Well, then I started looking at like off-road, like what is off-road? Oh, there's, there's Enduros and there's an Enduro championship and there's hare and hounds and there's all, there's, there's, wow, you can race and do this. And so there was an Enduro up this place called Ballinger Canyon. And I took my YZ125 and I figured out, oh, you have to time keep because I learned about time keeping, <laughs> but I didn't pay attention and figured it all out, learned it. And I, I don't, I don't know how it's called the Leaping Lizard Enduro. And I may, I may have won it. I don't remember. 
But I rode my YZ125 and went up there and I had a really good time again. And this is how much I didn't care about. I didn't, I didn't care. I just was stoked to be riding my dirt bike all day long as opposed to just for a couple motos. And uh, I did well enough very quickly to carry a lot of my sponsors over and then I'll also start to get new ones. And this is right about the time that I started doing the magazine photo modeling. I was kind of clinging on trying to figure out how to get into this because those guys got to ride dirt bikes and they got their picture in magazines. Like, how can I do this? And I had some friends that were doing it. So I started on quads. I hate, hate to say that. <laughs> Wasn't I going to give away a good quad story on this? Didn't somebody give me crap about quads? Essentially, <laughs> you know, after doing this for 63 shows, they kind of blend together. Right. <laughs> Did you take some sedatives tonight, Matt? <laughs> no, I, I drank coffee to try and wake myself up. George yeah. and oh, did, did George give you something special? No, uh, really good lunch. You want some number one? You know, every show no, we that, talk no, about. I'll really be asleep. We talk about tequila. Uh, so, in case you're curious about tequila, I have number one. Did you buy this? Or I buy this. That's not the bottle Carrie got you down there, is it? No, no, that's good. The stuff you got me, Carrie, Ragosa. I have more of that over there. That's. Do you, do you like that, or you want to try some? Uh, no, we have some. No, the Ragosa is good. Yeah. So this is number one. It's uh, I'm going to tell you what it is in a few minutes when I have some. So uh, with a name like that, you should probably understand where I'm going to go with this. It's like me talking about myself. I'm number <laughs> one. <laughs> so I don't know where we were. So anyway, started started riding enduros. Did really well. Like right away, I was you know just the motocross experience really helped in riding off road. I'd ridden off road for a long time. I you know transitioned, switched over well, and then I figured out there was this thing called six days, like ISD, and I said, what could be better than trail riding for that's five days? Gold medals up here. And that's what those are for. Yeah. <laughs> What could be better than trail riding for five days and going to a motocross race on the sixth? Like nothing better in the whole world. I'm going to do that. And, and yeah. Is that how those work? Explain the six days. So the ISD, the international six day enduro, it used to be ISDT. It's kind of trial ISD trial, but it's, it's the, it's the, it's the Olympics of motorcycling is what it was called. Cause you, you represent your country. You go on a team for your country and it was, Six days of racing. Every day had like different challenges. They call them special tests. And you you basically, your bike is impounded before the start and you don't get to work on it. You're only allowed a certain amount of time to work on it. When I started doing it, you predominantly had to carry most of your tools. You weren't allowed outside assistance at all. It was, it was quite a bit different. Than carry them on your bike. Carry them you. with you. Yeah, yeah, with you. And, you know, you're only allowed tools to change tires and it was real limited what tools that you could use. But at the end of the day, you'd come in and you could change your tires, but you had you didn't have very much time to do it. And, uh, yeah, so you do special tests. You you'd trail ride, race around a track, race through the woods, you know, tie under time. But you're mostly just kind of trail riding between these things. And then the end, they have a final motor where they're lining up in a motocross race and, and you go. And I was like. I wanted to do that, and so I did. You know, so I did. So we went into the ISD qualifiers, traveled around the country um, to get to those, and um, yeah, had had pretty good success doing that. And things were going pretty good then. I mean, I was pretty. I I trained hard, and I was talented. I've been riding for a long time, so 
that's how I. Uh, now there's another transition to the rally part of it too, right? So because didn't you like ride your own bike? to a rally just to kind of show up and tell them, look, I'm here. I want to do this and then ride the rally or something. So the, the, the way the story goes is the very first time I went to the ISD was in Germany, international six days in a row in 1989. And when I showed up there, I'm a kid in the candy store. I mean, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm in Europe. And I, that was my first time in Europe. I was there getting to race my motorcycle and there's all the, guys you'd seen in pictures of the magazines and seen, and, and by then you had to buy a video of, you know, the, the European Enduro Championship and stuff, because it wasn't so easy to get these days. Oh, you mean just to watch it? You, I'd have no to live coverage. I'd have anything? to, I'd have to go to a crazy magazine store in Los Angeles and buy European motorcycle magazines to learn about like what this stuff was all about. It just wasn't readily available. Like it is days. There was no internet, but I wanted to do well. And I, I I watched videos of these guys, and they rode a little bit different, and they carried a lot of speed around the turns, and, and the bike setup was a little bit different than we were accustomed to. But when I got there, it'd be like going to the Supercross pits, and you see the factory Honda semi and the factory KTM semi and the factory Yamaha semi. There was those semis, and then there's all those privateers that just come in their bo- their little van, their sprinter van, their sprinter van, sprinter van. You want to be one of the factory guys, right? You want to be the guy in the van. And there were the, they weren't semis at the time, but there was guys that you could tell were on that level. They had the best, they had campers, converted campers and stuff, but it was, you know, these El Campanero, you know, guys that were on Huskies at the time. And there was, there was these Galois guys that were on Yamahas and did the good old days of cigarette sponsors. They were all Dakar riders. They weren't the best enduro riders. They were Dakar riders. And they evidently had money to spend because they were better. They had better stuff than the than the main enduro the top guys, enduro top guys. enduro guys. And I'm like, I kind of like, well, who are those guys? And they're like Dakar riders. Dakar, I've heard of Dakar. Paris to Dakar, yeah, Paris to Dakar. I didn't know much about it. I'd seen the one video of you know the guy in the BMW flying off the dune and crashing into the bottom. That was my experience with Dakar. But it was like, you get a race from Paris to Dakar, and it's mostly desert. I'm a desert racer. I grew up riding District Thirty Seven. I, I want to be one of those guys. I want to do that. This is in 1989. And so by the end of my first ISDE, I was already trying to, and nobody knew who the hell I was. I did my first ISDE, they didn't care, but I finished second in the, in the small four-stroke class on a XR250 in the 350 class. So I did pretty well. And I'm going around trying to talk to every team, like, "Hey, what do you got to do to go do Dakar?" And I'm, I imagine I'm just like that kid that that kid that just like, "What do I have to do?" You don't know anything, but you're still asking the question. And they're like, "It'll never happen. No way. Bring sponsors." You know, it was literally bring sponsors. You're an American. This won't work. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I'll figure it out." Like, can I race for you guys? <laughs> you know, next year here, wherever I want. You know, I want to race. <laughs> this is the way it worked. And yeah, nothing really happened. And I went back to ISD three other times, so four times in total. And it wasn't a big deal here. Like the the here didn't care. The U.S. market didn't care. I had to win, go win a district, win district thirty seven championship, go do national hare and hounds, race in Baja. Like oh okay, you know that, but that wasn't where my head was. And so it literally took till nineteen ninety seven. There's a little bit of time. <laughs> in between those two to manage to 
sell my soul to get my ass over to doing Dakar. So it was a big gap. And, you know, so I did enduro racing, you know, enduro off-road racing, I guess, till I don't remember when I quit. 93. KTM, I was racing for KTM as a factory rider in the 125 class and then 250 class. And then they went bankrupt. And I was a factory rider. And all of a sudden I had zilch, nothing. And then I kind of switched over to Kawasaki. And right in between that, I got injured pretty bad. I kind of smashed my foot up and lost a toe. And then, uh, so I, I lost a little bit of motivation, but I was making so much money doing at that time, doing photo modeling and doing magazine testing. It was like, I get to, my bad habit was riding. I wanted to ride dirt bikes. And that was a much better method to keep this going than racing was for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't really making that much money ra- racing. I was making a lot more money doing the, getting the pictures in the magazine and my sponsors were super happy with it. And I got to ride a lot of different bikes. I didn't just have to ride like one single thing all the time. And I didn't have to practice too much for it. And so I was like, I can just go trail riding all the time. So I turned into a professional trail rider. So I see Kelly Anson asked, what years did you do Idaho city qualifiers? Mm, it would have been 1988 ish, 87, 88. It was when I seized my bike on the first day and it cost me being able to go to my first ISD because it was a four day qualifier and you had to at least finish one day and my bike seized on the first day. So why did they start it and you were in the crapper and then you just jumped on it and took off and it seized or what? No, it's not <laughs> it's exactly like that. your story. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like, a, <clears throat> it was kind of like, a, I was in a special test pinning it racing against my heroes and I was actually beating some of these guys and I, you know, cause people were taking times and like, who's this kid? What's he doing? And they're telling me, and I was just overriding the bike and it wasn't set up properly and bingo. Well, wait, like, so knowing some things about you for a race of that importance, is that, are you still out there doing your two stroke mix where you just go to the tank and you go, no, yeah, it was it's a- about that low. I'll put that much oil in it and throw some gas. on. It's all done. It was all done professionally. <laughs> it was all done. Then what is, there's another. Victor wants to know. Oh, roll, scroll down. There's some other ones. What's what's down there? He's Matt's asleep. Uh, there. Did you have to work separate job or was racing enduro enough to cover the bills? So I had, um, because no racing was not even close. I started a firewood business. Um, so I worked on my dad's ranch. My dad had a ranch and I was able to work there and make a little, make a penance. But I found out that I could sell firewood because I, you know, and and cut down the trees to make, I get paid to cut down the trees and also turn and sell the wood. And I had the, luckily I lived on a ranch. We had the the facilities, the the land to store the stuff and do all the things. So my dad was really good at teaching me about business. You changed tires for racers and stuff. Didn't you go? That's how, that's how I got to, you know, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, you can go to six days. Where do you get the the two or $3,000 to, to do that? And I had a lot of district 37 clubs that, that wanted to support the district 37 kid that was getting to go. I had a lot of friends. Bob sent me a check. Probably don't remember that. You probably want it back with interest right now, but Bob, I, cause I sent out letters and back then I wrote handwritten letters, you know, cause that's what you did. You know, I sent out letters to these clubs that, Hey, my name is Jimmy Lewis and I raced district 37. Um, and so they, they, a lot of clubs donated, you know, two, three, four or 500 bucks, stuff like that. But I would also at my, truck i have a sign up that says support jimmy to go to isd i'll change your tire for five bucks because i needed to practice changing tires 
Hmm. And so, you know, I charge five bucks and some people will give you 10 and like I made a little bit of money. But Will you change tires for five bucks now? No, because after you rebuilt my motor, I was laughing to some of the guys who said, I don't think I'm going to change my tires anymore. I'm just going to take them to Jimmy and pay him. So, so I did, I had, I, I did, I never, well, I did have a couple of real jobs because my mom didn't think my fire business was legit because it wasn't like a real job. I didn't have to dress up and wear a tire. So I, I actually worked at an engineering firm where I ran blueprints. I did that. I never really did the fast food thing, but I had a couple of little jobs uh but they 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 made so little money you know i was just amazed at how little money you could make by doing that but the firewood i probably didn't make very it didn't seem like much money at the time when you're you know using your muscles mm -hmm. but it taught me to go to school it said would you get a cord back then 100 110 for avocado and 180 or maybe it's 210 for Is that pick eucalyptus up, delivered and stacked? delivered Delivered, not stacked. Eh, it depend. It was it was all a true cord. A true cord, four by four by eight. Okay, we had a trailer. I, was, I still remember this stuff. So but that was that was some hard ass work, and but it was good, it was a good learning experience. I did the same thing in high school. We talked about that. I cut firewood. Yeah, but then at my first job though, I was making elastrators, which are for. Well, cutting off testicles for sheep and steers. They're little rubber rings. And I made the tools that stretched them over the sack. <laughs> anyway, so how did you support that? We can that? never get away from this. Victor, how did you nope. support that vice? Because dirt bikes are expensive vice. Uh, yeah, the same way you like, do. Work, hard work, Victor. Yeah, it was, it was hard work. I, I don't, I, so I had to, I had to earn half of my first XR80. You know, so 350 bucks. I remember this. I wasn't, you know, we, my parents, they watched the bank account when I had $350 in there. I got the bike. And and then the KX80, I don't remember exactly the deal, but there was some sort of a deal. We had to work a certain amount of hours every day after school or something. And, you know, there's a, there was always a checkbox that we had to fill out. So my parents really did good at making us appreciate. We never got anything. Nothing. They handed it to us. I mean, they really did. They made it. They If we wanted something, they would make sure we got it, but they made us work for it. We always felt mm -hmm. like at the time. Certain amount of accountability. At the time when you're doing this, you're thinking, oh, come on, man. Like, that's so much work or whatever. And, well, they, they held to it and we had to do it. So I always worked for something. But it, it seemed like after, like, the, the, the third, second or third bike, somehow the bike's I mean, I remember, so we, so from Team Green, we got my first 125. We got a used bike from one of their buyback things. And I think at the time we were kind of able to buy them and be able to sell them again for what we bought them for. So you could, you could buy it, ride it, and then get out of and it then for get, the money. Get out of it. Yeah. It. I think that's kind of, <clears throat> kind of how we were doing it. Cause I don't ever remember really having to, to, to spend a lot of money. I was doing that with Harleys for a number of years. I had a good <laughs> relationship with a dealer. I'd buy it and. Year later, sell it. Yeah. Uh, there was one other one that scrolled down, but Matt fell asleep there. What was that? Well, it's okay. Victor said he just used to do what you do those little clip-on things, but he used his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Anson, 99 was his first year. Go, Paul Neff. Uh, what else? Victor. Are we seeing all the chats right now? That's yes. the whole thing. This is Jorge. Yeah. My name. I used to do that with... Piglets, bust the balls and clip the teeth. Grandpa <laughs> used to pay me very little money for that. Yeah, but like he says right there, somebody's got to do, do them with his teeth. People don't know where their food <laughs> comes from. 
So yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's always a there's always an interesting story to how you how you get there and what it was, and it, like it never came easy. I mean, the, the the what came easy was that I was passionate about what I was doing, and it didn't seem like work when I when I was riding motorcycles, and I that's what I wanted to do. And the whole time, and everybody goes, "Well, how do you know? How did you learn all this stuff?" Because I had to work on my own bikes. And and from from the get go, from the time we put that CT seventy together to when I was porting the cylinder head in my XR eighty without my dad knowing, without taking the engine any parts of the engine, I just ported it in the frame. The bike, and, you know, and I've told the story. The piston and start grinding. Wait, <laughs> I couldn't see the piston, but I read how to port a cylinder in one of the magazines, and so I got a I got one of the tools that looked like the tool in the magazine. Mm-hmm. I took the carburetor off and I ported it. I have no idea where all those shapes. My buddy had the MX Yamaha 360, and I had the Enduro, you know, model, and we just measured, and I changed my ports and mine just with a grinder to get them lower. You know, the MX ones were bigger and lower, and stuff, and we just ground away on it. Went like a raped ape. It was amazing. It ran. Yeah, well, mine mine didn't run very well after I did this <laughs> because I just put the carburetor back on. I'm sure all those aluminum filings went down into the motor. It kind of still ran. It's a Honda. It was an XR80. It would run. But my brother's bike went so much better. My dad's like, well, why is your bike running so not so good? I don't know, I want to tell him I ported it. I don't think he ever knew. Wish I knew that story before <laughs> this last weekend. Yeah. Hey, where's the uh, where's the regular screen? I don't like this screen. Uh, it's about reason, 8 o'clock here. No, for some reason this chat – isn't showing. This oh, is that one is trying to solve. Right. So you, okay, so I, that that's why we have uh, fire the screen. producer. Time for a commercial break. Eight o'clock. Come back to Rooster Endo or what? Um. Okay. We can probably do that. Yep. So we are going to take a little commercial break from our sponsors. By the way, we don't just take anybody as a sponsor. So if you're if you if you think you're special and you want to sponsor the show, you can reach out to Matt. And uh, he can he can give you the details on that, but support the products that support the show because this is kind of like I'm pretty sure if you're in the receiving end of this, you think about how much you just paid for it, and by paying for it, you have to listen to me say Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Boltproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors, as well as www.dirtbiketest.com. You can support us by going through our Amazon links and Rocky Mountain MC. Actually, it's Rocky Mountain ATV MC links on our website. And, of course, there's always JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. We run off-road riding classes. We have an online riding school for beginner riders. So if you know someone that needs to learn how to ride, you can check it out at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com backslash online courses. And, uh, Learn a few things. It's inexpensive, and it'll make you a better rider because that's what we try to do. So with that, we'll see you on the backside of this break, and here we go. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text, and it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you if you've ever received an order from us you know that the taco touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies 
Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested and ridden and raced and nose meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. Welcome back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting this show. Hey, I want to hear where everybody's from right now. I'm curious. You got any international people out there? Where's everybody listening from? Don't crash your car trying to put it in, but <laughs> you know, I'm just well, curious. If you're, if you're live, of course, if you're yeah. live, you can you can type it so we can see it. But if you can ever reach back out to us through comments and chats, George had a really good idea. He want he wants to engage the audience, and he said. He wants to send one of his stickers to the farthest person away from us. Well, that was one idea. And the other idea, and we can ask for some feedback from the audience, what if we got something that we could just network and see how far it could go? Some little thing. Something and that can travel that we around. We have to mail around, but like somebody comes by here and gets it and says, oh, I'm going to take it up to Oregon or something. And then somebody from Oregon does this. Yeah. What know, if they? What if they? What if they meet other people and they get in the? They you know get in the tech talk chat and then we we bring them on in a Zoom. Yeah. And then they say they have this thing. Like maybe we should send Mister Happy. We should sew something on to Mister Happy because he don't give a fuck. We need a little shirt to put on him or a jersey. <laughs> yeah. Send send yeah. Mister Happy around the globe and just see it kind of like a message in the bottle thing, but. Yeah, you just oh, there we go. Less, less Drake, Australia, Australia. Okay. See, we it, always get some mozzies. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, California doesn't even count. It's like an it's like a non-existent place. I have to go back there tomorrow. God. Well, look at the mon- the, the only good there. thing is going to be a lot of wet dirt between here and there, and I'm really hoping to ride a motorcycle. Uh, so yeah, that'd be sweet. It would be sweet. Uh, do we want to keep talking about myself? Well, uh, we should do rooster. Let's. Oh, yeah. Oh, follow yeah, questions. Follow questions. Hard hitting questions. Because this is a show where I talk about myself. But uh, George has um, been sober for ten days. Ten days in an hour and twenty three minutes. Well, I think I keep track. I'm not. I haven't quit, but I'm just scaling it back. Right. So he's going to get some number one, and then we're going to tell you how this uh, how this fine tequila tastes. Um, while Matt asked a question. While Matt asked a question. Yeah. yeah. So, so did you write these down? I did actually just write these down. You know, I, I tend to, when, when I'm sitting over her, here versus sitting over there, I can be more of an observer. Right. And, uh, I come up with super, the hard-hitting questions. So I might be asking this question with today's version of a privateer and moto in mind. Mm-hmm. But do you think you would have had more financial success if you had stuck with motocross? Because, I mean, those are big names that you're 
coming in third with, you probably could have made a career being a main event guy. If no, with it. no, I no, I, I don't think so. Because if you think about it, my speed topped out at third place intermediate guy. Mm-hmm. It, it literally, I think it literally topped out there. Okay. In at the time, I didn't really, you know, at the if I if there's anything I could have done to go faster, it'd be better or whatever it was. <laughs> we we tried, me. we tried to, we tried to make the bikes better. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the problem. It was maybe just me. So I, I'm scared of doctors, <laughs> right? So getting hurt for me was never really like an option that I would like let creep into the table. There was a couple times when I did, mm-hmm. when I said, you know, screw it, I'm gonna risk life and limb you know i always knew what the risks were when i was racing yeah but i was so scared of doctors i kind of didn't as much as maybe other people did and medical things a lot different back then mm-hmm. yeah, i don't think it was I, you know <laughs> yeah, the science wasn't size wasn't really good so <laughs> so no i don't i don't i think i don't think financially and or you know career path wise i i don't know if it would have been any better the best thing i ever did was get into the photo modeling and get in the magazines mm-hmm. and and do that kind of stuff. And then and then that opened up a whole new door of actually being a journalist and encouraging me to go to school and learn how to communicate right. Right, right. Not that I'm an example of that right, anymore. W R I G H T or R I G H T. I'm always right. R I G H T. Yeah. So okay. don't do not try to spin my words around on me. Yeah, some of you there saw that tequila might be a little too strong for me, but I can't read the name because that's Victor. Victor. So, okay, is that is that what yeah, it, he's that offering? Was, me so that was White that was Claw number White one claw. hard hitting yeah. <laughs> off road hey. trucks. You ever think about off road? Yeah, I have thought about off road trucks, and I've been able to drive some pretty awesome off road vehicles, like mine. Your Raptor? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that was nice. I, I really enjoyed driving your Raptor. <laughs> I uh, I didn't enjoy that ride. Yeah. Why? Because you thought it was going to be expensive? No. No, I'm kidding. It was fine. So over the, over the years, I had people that offered for me to drive their off-road truck. And what I learned very quickly, especially since I had desert racing experience and I'd been a Dakar. And I mean, I even drove a couple of um, off-road rally cars and... It, it always came came with, well, you, do you want to drive this? And I'm like, ah, it'd be kind of fun. And I looked at it as work because it's funny for me, driving is a lot more, quote, work, especially when I was younger, than riding motorcycle was. It And and I don't know how – I didn't enjoy it as much, but it was fun. It's bitching to drive stuff like that. But I, I – probably because I'm a cheapskate, I thought how expensive it was when I crashed it. And I always knew that I needed to drive it to the point where I crashed it a couple times to learn where the limits were because I didn't didn't really know. But every time I got out of those things and they're gone like, hey, you can drive this thing pretty good. You know what? Blah, blah, blah. So do you got any sponsors? That was always the question. Do you, do you have, can you, can you bring some sponsors? And remember this is. This oh, they was, were trying to get you into it to get, bring more cash into it. Right. Cause they thought somehow I was carrying <clears throat> sponsors. And they this didn't was, know you repelled cash, I guess. No. <laughs> and this was. This was post cigarettes, pre energy drink. Oh. So I was in this, I was in this vapor where cigarette companies were couldn't advertise. They couldn't do this anymore, and that's where my rally money was kind of subsidized from. They thought I had some connection. I didn't have a connection. Some executive at BMW 
had a connection for my cigarette sponsor money that, and it wasn't a personal sponsor. It was a team sponsor. And this was before, I mean, this was before energy drinks started and that would have been a little bit different thing, but I didn't have any money to bring to the table. So all of a sudden didn't matter how well you drove, how much money do you have? And, and it, to me, if I wanted to do it, I wanted to treat it like a job. I wanted to be able to practice and train for it and break shit and not have it come out of my pocket. And so, no, that's, that's why my four wheel career went nowhere because I didn't have one. I actually, I drove an ultra four car that was sponsored by uh, Dave Cole, King of the Hammers, lent me one of his personal spec cars and we finished the every man challenge at King of the Hammers. I had a great time and I realized how much work it was and I don't have an, and I realized how much money I don't have because I, I have an idea what it would have cost to fix that car after that race. <laughs> and, hey, by the way, did baby Jesus, Texas Jesus. Oh, baby, baby Jesus. Jesus. No, he's it's com coming like, like December 25th. Really? Right around. Yeah. yeah that's when baby when Jesus is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so Side story. So Ed justice is uh, saying you stopped short of the Dakar. Uh, you stopped your story just short of the Dakar. Well, that's for another that? episode. Oh, we have to do the whole. My that's record speaks episode. for itself. I know. I I did I did pretty good, but not as well as I would have liked to. So that's, the, that's no, really. We wanted that's, to know how you 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 transitioned, right? Well, you were how born, do, oh, you how were born I, a male, right? Yeah. I was, anyway, you transitioned. I was from born. Motocross I was born an enduro guy, and I switched over to being a Dakar guy. Yeah. So. It required much bigger nuts. Value, Dakar. value your life a little less. <clears throat> That's what some people would say, but no, I mean you have to actually value it more because you can you can actually value it a lot less and maybe go farther until you don't. Right. And if you look at the 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 amount of very fast, very capable riders that have lost their life at a race like that, um, yeah, you have to you you have to value your life to a certain thing. And even if you value it pretty high, you can lose it. Right. It, Victor wants but, to know if you're going to the king of the motos next year. They take a year off, just one year off. Yeah, they had a, they had a year where they didn't right. do it. Uh, I haven't really begun my training program for this yet. And it's pr probably a little late, but uh, my I haven't done a whole lot of research on it. But I my understanding is it's going to be the week before. It's going to be a whole week before the actual main KOH thing. And I, I'm going to kind of just sit this one out because, you know, I like publicity. I like, I want to be on camera. I want to have a full media team covering what I'm doing all the time. And I don't well, have you that. You were on camera in the King of Motos on my bike. Cause it was funny. They were doing the helicopter shot or something. Yeah. And the announcer guy was talking on the big screen and watched it. And here's this guy just, you know, you look just like you're cruising through the oh, desert. Oh, he was complaining. He was he was going. Hey, look, this guy has a license He's plate got on his a bike. License plate and turn <laughs> signals. Anybody can enter here. You know, and just <laughs> just ride along. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, hey, <laughs> scroll back up. Where was everybody from, Matt? Australia, all over the place. Eastern, Eastern PA, Australia, mm. New Jersey. Who's California, from New Jersey? Philly. What's the name? Like, hey, what do you think of that tequila? By the way. You know what? I've been out of the game so much. It's oh, pretty. Yeah. It's pretty smooth. I mean, it went down. What? Okay. It went. Down yeah, you've okay. been out of the game too long. Yeah, number one is not getting a thumbs no, this, up in Jimmy World. The later. Yeah. Anyway, not the best, but. So I mean, I'd love to show up with George's bike. I'll just send it. Um, yeah. I put a new top end in George's bike. Made a few bucks doing it. 
but that's a story from last week's podcast. BC. Oh, hey, Jimmy, you, in the cave. You could have the opportunity to do it on a 2012 Hoosaberg, a bike that has won that event before. A 2000. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Matt's offering a bike now. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy it, though. I'll bet you, Matt, you know, I bet you work a deal. Because I know a guy who has the die cuts for the graphics and that. Yeah. I know a guy who likes to get his stickers and images out there. Mm-hmm. We could probably, we'll, we'll just go there, like, kind of sight unseen. Just go there and show up. We'll have the graphics, cool graphics. Me and you, we'll do that race. We'll do it together. We'll just go, and we can see who's a better extreme enduro rider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll ride your bike. You ride one of mine. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, hey, I'll take one of those RFS bikes that I that I tune so I know I can trust the it's a really the bad that's a bad idea that's a really bad idea that's a <laughs> you want something that's a two stroke and you want light I got a actually I, I sold a actually I have the KTM 200 that set up the first like seven or eight King of the Motors courses mm-hmm. so it can ride through the courses it's been proven I taught yeah. it how yeah yeah so you can ride that and I'll ride your pile of shit Husaberg that's that, not pile of shit anymore it's is just it for a, sale it is for sale. <laughs> so uh, number one has hints of number one. <laughs> number one. <laughs> number one. Number yeah. one has hints of yeah, number not one. Yeah, my, not my current favorite. So, okay, Matt, do you have any more questions for me? Uh, I do. Because I don't like to talk about myself, but we're going to get it out well, of the way all in this episode. I, I, did have, I did have another question, but you did kind of halfway answered it. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you anyway. So, like, were you happy with your racing career? Because I feel like you're known more as a media guy. Uh, who you know can, who now trains Dakar racers? Uh, but would you like to have been remembered more of a, as a racer? Yes and no. Is that a good answer? Yeah, I mean it makes <laughs> sense because you said you, you you mentioned you would have liked to have done better at Dakar, but I, I imagine you're kind of satisfied with the other aspects. Of no, the racing uh, I I would be willing to bet if you went and talked to any any racer, you know that. I would hope that they're not happy with their racing career, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they look back at it. But at the same time, when you're done, you have to be done and you have to be happy with it. Because if you did do what you should have done, which is give your best every time. And, you know, there's times I can look back and here's the problem is I can look back and I can nitpick a lot of stuff. Like what I did, you know, did I did I train exactly precisely as hard as I could have or did I really – you know, focus a hundred percent on that. And you can always nitpick it, but one, I promise you every time I got on the motorcycle, th- there was, there was no, I'm going to get second place today. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it That didn't even exist. And, and, and being, you know, being a racer and stuff and thinking about it and talking, you know, and having interviewed other guys. And, and this is why I didn't want to interview racers mm-hmm. when I was even a journalist because I I don't look back and go yeah I was more successful as a journalist I not I'm not happy with that either right <laughs> so, right so I'm just, I, uh, I I'm most happy when I'm just out riding my dirt bike because then I don't think about all this crap right but I I think back of you know you, you always want to say if I did this if I did that and you, you change stuff around and that at that point it's like well what it you know and you can't what if it you mm-hmm. that's what you did and that's what you get and that's why when now when i work with racers like you're talking about and i i, I train and work with guys when i start working with them i'm like saying i can, i'm not going to help you next weekend or the race in a year i want to know what you want to do in 
five years. Mm-hmm. And this is something I learned from actually Scott Summers and Fred Bramblett, <clears throat> who, if you look back at Scott Summers' racing career, he did amazing things on the wrong machinery, and everybody told me he couldn't, and they did and pretty incredible stuff. And they both went on to be very successful at doing what they do. But that was one thing that Fred always said, and Scott always said, it's not what you're doing today, tomorrow, the next day, next month, next week, next year, next year, next month. Sorry, I got those in wrong order. <coughs> what are you going to be doing in three years and five years? Because that's when you're going to get to look back and all the hard work you're doing now that's not paying off in the next weekend that can discourage most guys. The guys that are champions and stuff like that, they have. I think they all have something that's built in where they're never satisfied. And then they have the ability to put the work in. And hopefully the in nowadays it's, it all involves coaching that has you looking a little bit farther forward to make those you know changes and, and to have that work ethic to say, yeah, today sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to do this, but... I don't want to look back and say, I wish I could have done this to make that happen. Right. If that's a, and that, that works, that works for anything. I mean, that mm-hmm. works for any sort of, you know, it's not just motorcycle racing. It's any sort of thing. And, and, and everybody just wants the instant reward. Like they want it tomorrow. And the the worst example of that I see these days is like, you look at like people that are Bitcoin millionaires or they were, depends were, on how they were. did it. Yeah. You know, right. you know, <clears throat> You got you, you got lucky at that point. If you gambled, and this is it's just gambling, and mm-hmm. people say, "Oh, you, you gambled when you raced." Hell, no, I didn't. Because I'm like like I said earlier, I was scared of doctors and stuff like that. I know guys yeah. that have, they've been to doctors, and yeah, that were there's a little bit of gambling, but it's a lot of work put in. You don't, it's not luck. I think I think some of the things you should be proud of are you've kind of kept your relevance in the industry in a bigger picture, like they're your rally training and training, you know, motorcycle training and stuff. You know, your name's kind of still out there and everything. I'd hope so. You're involved in the industry, you know, (laughs) but uh, I, whatever, like you just dropped off the face of the earth and, you know, never control. I will, but, but what I will do this, I will, but whatever I'm doing, it's, it's like my selfish goals. I want to be able to ride more. I want to be able to go and do kind of cool riding and ride, have the opportunity to, to test cool motorcycles and and talk about them because I, I do it now. I enjoy as much like learning about them as communicating about them. But to get to hang out with the guys that get to hang out with and their friends. Thank you. Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> you too. You know, to, to, you know, no, even, even if even if you can't keep up and you have to seize your bike trying to keep up with me, and I was just going down the street here, and it was because you had to take a dump. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's wondering, like, what? What? We've probably never really told the whole story about how George's bike seized. I think we went into it last yeah. week. I know we it seized. Go, we go through this, it again. This is the thing where it's like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the show. Yeah, you gotta yeah. watch the show. Yeah, if you don't know what's going on, so don't go over we, it again. We go have, back and watch those. Episodes. We have a lot of old episodes where we talk about things that are actually. I mean, the show relevant. The shows suck. <laughs> I mean, granted, the show sucks. You have to wade through a lot of shit. But the older shows will tell you a lot of things about. Some of the stuff. And there's always every show, I would say, as horrible as they are, there's you're going to learn something. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to talk about how to set up your suspension or what tire to pick or whatever, uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, George, I I do and I do enjoy riding with you. I actually, I like riding with Jim a little bit more. 
Jim's and, better. And the only reason I say that is because I, I know I know him. he doesn't listen to this or watch this. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Are we gonna do rooster endo? We gotta get through this. Oh, because cause George is sitting next to me. If Jim was here, I'd tell him <laughs> the exact same thing. And that way they'll get competitive and they'll try to show me who's a better rider. I don't have a competitive gene in this body. <laughs> Did you won you won a race at the Glen Helen? Yeah, I got a gold medal. Gold medal, it's bigger than any of those puny things. <laughs> it's out in the trailer. I should have you go get it. I should have worn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's actually chocolate inside. If I feel oh, the outside, really? <laughs> yeah. oh, I was shocked at you. Probably would have bit into it and ate already. Yeah. Already did that to a Christmas tree ornament once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, Bulletproof Designs has really awesome guards for your 2023 model KTM type products. So that's KTM's Huskies and Gas Gas. So if you're looking for foot pegs, radiator guards. Things to protect that chain guide on the swing arm. Maybe even, and I hate to say this out loud, a front disc rotor protector. <laughs> Bulletproof Designs has the stuff you need in billet aluminum. Check out their website today. Tell them Dirt Bike Test sent you. Yeah. So you want to get into this rooster endo? Probably ought to get it done. People are, people, I, I, hopefully all these guys are online anxiously. They're just that always listening to all this BS, trying to hear their name and see their bike on the screen. That all, well, uh, guess what? Uh, GK Austoni or something like that says, love it. The show froze on the show sucks. Well, it's not on our end because we're transmitting really good. We've got a thing here that says our live stream is excellent. It did freeze for Brief moment. Uh, shut up, Matt. <laughs> Matt was actually doing a really good job over there, mostly because he was asking questions about me. I want to know where Jukakaji is from. I mean, is he from? <laughs> it's it sounds like a Nordic country, doesn't it? Uh, I'm thinking like European, like a well, that's that's Nordic European. Well, like yeah, Iceland, Jukak, whatever, Sweden, Yakov, oh, oh. <laughs> Yakov, <laughs> SoCal. <laughs> We're sorry. Nice. Okay. Hey, uh, the, you know, we well, also, we're going to get to Rooster Ender right now, but we're going to make you suffer through the uh, the Bulletproof Designs. Product of the week. Product of the week. Even though they didn't really ask to That's support that proof, is it? No, they're sponsoring the segment. That's why I just did their oh. read. Bulletproof Designs as reads. They do make foot pegs, by the way. They have new foot pegs. The foot pegs are good. Have them on the YZ. Yeah. There's a... So... Here, since we're shills for advertisers, and all we do is just repeat the advertising slang over and over again, and just just drill it down your throat. No, these companies actually support us because they understand what we do, they like what we do. There's a lot of companies making foot pegs. Bulletproof Design make Bulletproof Designs makes foot pegs. Fast Company makes foot pegs. There is. Do we have any other sponsors that make foot pegs? Any of our sponsors? I'm thinking IMS used to help us out. Mm -hmm. They make foot pegs. Black Dog Cycle Works makes foot pegs. Yep, got some. There's a lot of different companies that make foot pegs. Because you know why so many companies make foot pegs? It's a great modification to do to your bike. And all of them are a little bit different. Promoto Billet makes foot pegs. Yeah. And I'll talk about all of them. You can ask me about all of them. What I say publicly is generally what I say privately. I don't, you know... But I'm very careful about what I say publicly because I want to make sure that I'm not doing a disservice to any of our sponsors. But at the same time, I'm being careful about, you know, things. 
but I wouldn't ever be dishonest. You know, I couldn't say something. So these are fast company sponsor, by the way, impact foot pegs. And so the impact design, it has an elastomer kind of like the flex bars. And I am the number one supporter of fast company flex bars known to man. Like they make bad forks. Good. They make it so Jimmy can ride tomorrow. They do all those things. The foot pegs. I actually tested, um, What's the other company that makes the the Mako has an has a has a foot peg as well. So many. So and the reason I bring up Mako is because they have a similar design, not a similar design. They have another design where they're actually trying to use an elastomer, and that's what this foot peg does. It basically has an elastomer between the main plate and the bottom plate to try to reduce vibration impacts, different things on the foot peg. And I remember I they're changeable. I d- they're interchangeable, correct? They have, I, you I don't pick know how. your strength or something? I don't know how interchangeable the ones on the Fast Company ones are. I know they're different colors because, like, I don't know if the elastomers are the different colors and the elastomers. They're probably different squishability. Yes, yeah, squishability. That's a great word for this. <laughs> like that? When I first tested them, they had a lot of different elastomers that were different colors and they were different squishability, but I don't haven't done enough research. Because I, I'm just going to talk organically about this. The main reason I got these foot pegs, these are for my Tenere, is because they didn't make them. And I said, Cole, I need bigger foot pegs for my Tenere. And I like his stuff. This foot peg, aside from the elastomer, and I'm not saying it's in a bad way, everything about this foot peg is super awesome. It's got grip. It it's super strong. I've whacked these things and it's smacked real light, them. Light too. It's not like it's you it's know, crazy lightweight for how heavy it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has this elastomer in there. And when I did all the elastomer testing on any foot pegs, I didn't feel the elastomer, and I couldn't figure it out exactly. But here's what my conclusion was: my boot does the work. And a lot of my boots, I run insoles in them. So I run a more cushy insole in it. So what this is doing doesn't make a big difference. But net net, this is a great foot peg. And what I know about elastomers, if you have some sort of vibration issue and it comes through the foot pegs and the flex bars don't do the vibration as much as some other bars, this should. And it could, but... I couldn't. You know what I'm seeing here it. too is you have an opportunity here. They probably, I don't know if they thought of this, but you can have this idea if you're out there listening. You can adjust this for height if you could put something thicker in there, thinner. You could you could change the height of your pegs a little. Yeah, but it would it would actually at that point it would change the way that the elastomer responds. And but if you had something other than a well, we if you we, had something pretty stiff in we, there, we tested some thicker ones. But if you you had something that didn't squish. Oh, just a plate. Oh, you can change plate. the height to this. Oh, because like I noticed, I got the have, black. Have Jim, one. have Jim run that idea up to Cole. That's actually yeah. that's actually a brilliant idea. They're lo- if you could make the deck height lower and then have the adjustability. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and just some different pegs. Eh, we'd have to definitely raise it durability lower. test that because then all of a sudden when you really start wagging these. But so these foot pegs came for my Tenere seven hundred. Um, they were modified a little bit. They're basically from a different brand but they were able to modify them and if you're looking for a way to control your motorcycle foot pegs and fast company makes some really awesome ones the elastomer probably helps certain people for certain ways for sure but a good foot peg is a good foot peg and these are good foot pegs 
So I'm going to put them on my Tenere and I'm going to go rip around on them. So that's our product spotlight. There we go. Great. Now we're going to move on to the other segment brought to you by Taco Moto. That's tacomoto.co. Mike Spurgeon likes to help everybody out with their needs and he can sell you any product that will address an issue for your motorcycle. Go to tacomoto.co to find out what it is. Let's uh, You're showing me this glass up, is empty. Yeah, let's put up Bill O'Neill's motorcycle. So the way Rooster Ando works is oh, you, you send it? us a picture of your bike. You tell us the year, make, and model. That's important because we don't like to guess what it is. We like a quality photo, and then we will discuss it on the show and go from there. So There's what no a, real criteria to win. It just depends how everybody feels here. Yeah. I have there's feelings. There's no strict there's no strict rules, you know, so No, the best we, we can't the, be the, sued the, because the, one guy didn't win and he had oh I put this Oh, they'll try. The oh, best yeah. the best bike the one that we just rave over that totally roosts may not win. It's the bike. I always say it's the bike that gives us the most entertainment. Yes. Is that this the correct is, answer? This is accurate, oh, especially. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well let me Bill O'Neill, you got him up there? Oh yeah. Hey, if you're in the chat, Bill, um, let us know because we always like to know. We have actually uh, made the winner the first person in the chat that chimed in. Let us know. Hmm? So, so th- Bill O'Neill that says, won't happen tonight. This is my second entry this year, but the first one was in a living room. We'll, you allow multiple entries, I guess, just not once you win or what? You can you, enter multiple times, okay. but you can only win 2022 125XC, bulletproof designs, radiator, and rear disc guards, TM design work, full skid plate, KTM power parts, swing arm guards, decal works, which I guess that's a company, yeah. D-E-C-A-L. Decal works, yep. Decal works, number plate. Decals and blued pipe from dent repair. Oh, picture taken. No, 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 no. Oh, he gave you, up his location. No, Northeast no, blue, Pennsylvania. No, blue pipe should be from you holding that thing wide open and making it sing a glow. song. Glow. Yeah, glow. Do you ever see those glow? Glow, yes. glow. Yeah, when you yeah, 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 well, at night well, when you're really usually a four stroke if you let it sit around and idle. But if there's any <clears throat> air running across it, they don't really glow. And I've I've never seen a two stroke pipe glow except for on a dyno. Uh, so Bill, I have a question. He, he has a lot of chat. He has a lot of bulletproof designs products on there. I like that. I like it when you support our sponsors. And your last photo was taken in the living room, so you've increased that. Look at the fall colors behind this super awesome looking bike. Let me let me. I'll let you know. I would love to come and rip that bike at like a hair scrambles. That thing looks like the hair scrambles fun machine. But there's a very ambiguous shadow Over that's covering a very it's it's you know how when like rappers are doing their raps and stuff and they're always grabbing their nuts to draw attention. <laughs> well, you parked your bike in a very peculiar area to distract attention from something that I'm a little sensitive to. And since you said bulletproof designs, they make those super awesome front disc protectors. Which I do we have a question about that that we're supposed to get to? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. But- yeah, let's let's just get through this naturally, and then we'll see where naturally it see yeah. where organically, <laughs> organically and naturally. We don't want to force it. I'm I'm a little worried what you're covering up there, bro. But this looks like a sweet motorcycle, and it fully roosts. Like there's no there, like nothing better than for me. Nothing better than a 125. And this is our first 125. 
In a very long time. In a very long time. Okay, that sounds good. It's the first one in a very long time. He's saying he's not hiding a disc protector. Oh, uh, yeah, but the picture indicates differently. Yes, it does. Yeah. That roost for me, too. I love that bike. Yeah, wouldn't you like to ride that bike, George? You'd bog it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm not a small bike guy. You make those little bikes sing. I'm not. That I uh, just imagine how quickly you could seize that if you took it down yeah, and had to catch back got up. on that and just pinned it. Yeah, imagine how much fun it'd be to have that full bike. full roost in that one, except for the, yeah. the question <clears throat> about the disprotecting. I'm just pipe. gonna read these. Imagine tonight. how fun that bike would be today. I'll comment if something really blows my skirt. Today, on. How about today oh, in the sand? Oh, oh. Okay, you got actually, p- what are you doing tomorrow morning? We should go. I, I don't, do, I have my 120, my 125's here, it never leaves. It just haven't ridden it for a while. Like you could take your Husaberg out. I could roost you on my YZ125. Uh, Husaberg has been cleaned for sale. Oh, I don't want to take her back out. I'll take that YZ250FX. We'll go out in Yamaha. You will blue crew it up. Now that sounds like an idea to me. Yeah. Put up, put up, Caitlin Moore. Caitlin. Oh boy. Hard to tell if that's just leaned over on a trail or that's where it ended up after a very bad get off. <laughs> that's a good question. Can I have the photo? Yeah, yeah it's hard hands, to see. So, Caitlin Moore, 2022 KTM XC300, purchased in May out of the crate now with 85 hours on it. So, if, so you're, if, you're, not, if you're not watching this and you're listening to this, this bike is perched on the edge of a cliff. And the, the thing is, is I know that this is not a tilted photo because trees go straight up and down. See that one tree? Mm-hmm. And so this bike is hanging on a handguard, we'll call it. Hanging on a handguard on some slick rock. And if the bike is blocking the trail, yeah, the trail is very thin and narrow. It's on the edge of a cliff. So keep going about the bike. Okay, Trail Tech Endurance 2, Trail Tech Radiator Guards, along with the Trail Tech Fan, wired with shutoff time delay, Bulletproof Designs TPS cover, Polysport Swing Arm Guards, and Armadillo Pipe Guard, SNS Skid Plate, along with the SNS Fork Guards, and a Cherby Engine Guards, KTM Enduro Lift Straps, front and rear for those tough situations like this. The picture shows KTM Kickstarter installed just in case of of any starting issues. Saved me twice already. Well, it wouldn't save him here. <clears throat> if his no, battery died right now, there. yeah, he wouldn't be able to kick this thing here. So I am I'm kind of curious about how this bike got in this position. I like the fact that it's in this position. I have a theory. I like that he sent us a picture. Matt has a theory. Please Great. explain. Well, well, there's there's so, more. Oh, let's get to the more then. Got the got the Circra Pro Band KTM Cycra. Cycra, KTM handguards and a Cherby KTM LED headlight, also with shut off time hear delay. S- mispronouncing a Cherby, a Cherby's, a Cherby's, a, a like a and a, a chair, a a chair like a chair you sit in, and bees like bees buzz around. A Cherby's. They don't pay us enough. A service. To, uh, a service. <laughs> Good. Go ahead there. <laughs> the cherry on top is the best part of the smoker. The sound. I got an FF, FMF Turbin Core 2.0, so I don't light the woods on fire. Pictures. Oh, gave up the spot. Should I even say it? Do not say exactly where it is. Go blank, blank. Anyway, Washington. I'll give up that. 
It's Washington. Caitlin yeah. Moore. Yeah, I did, did. So, did the bike end up here, or did you, is it part of a trail? So, I'm pretty sure this is at the peak of a trail. Rode up to the peak, part laying the bike up on the hill, and then snapped the photo. Well, how is he going to turn it around? Is he going to pull it back down? I think just pull it back down. Well, he didn't get to the peak because the peak would be up to the right. Is he would have stayed on the hill. Caitlin Moore, is that a guy or a woman? Uh, or can we ask? I'm not sure. Can't ask. Not, you okay. can ask. You can ask. Well, uh, they, I'd just say, how did they get it out of there or up there? <laughs> there, there there's, uh, the, there's another photo in the email that kind of shows that it is just like the end of a trail. The end of a trail. But still doesn't answer the question of, how do they get it back? It, it must just be pulled back. It's a neat picture, but it's not a neat. It's not a picture of the bike. Uh, I. But it's a neat it, picture. Bike sounds okay, but I can't see it, so I don't know. It's it roosts you know, for me. It does. No, for me it doesn't because like he didn't even try to get it in the sun. Like he tried to put some light on the damn they, photo. They it it could have been a better photo. So endo because I like to ride, and right now. If if I put my bike there, like in that spot, I'd be kind of bummed because I can't ride it anymore. It looks like a nice place to get there, but I'm not there with it. Kurt Brooks next. Kurt Brooks. Okay. It's a 2022 KTM 500 EXC. Cone valve forks and track shock set up by Matt at Inside Line Moto. Vortex ignition, desmog, FMF 4.1 titanium slip-on, Trailtech Voyager Pro. You know the inside line moto, I-L-M? It's almost like climb without a K. And speaking of climb, mm-hmm. uh, one of our sponsors. A Cherubies. A Cherubies? That's a proper, proper? Yeah, a Cherubies. This is a, a name, Cherubies, right? yeah. A Cherubies 3.1 tank. Spec bolt, nickel works, bolt kit for the frame and motor. Whoa, 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 whoa. Spec bolt nickel works bolt kit for the frame and motor. So he, he got a bolt kit for it. Yeah, it's probably like, you know, either titanium or nice plated stuff. Yeah. CV4 radiator hoses, Hinson Racing clutch cover, Raptor titanium pegs, BRP sub mount, Scott setup with SXF billet clamps, Moose flag hand guards. ARC levers, dirt trick sprockets, heated grips, ram mount mirror, sick-ass racing light switch, Baja Design Squadron XL light, bulletproof designs, rear disc caliper guards, radiator guards, chain guides, stiffener. Yep. Sick-ass tail tidy. Seat concept it's, seat. It, it better known as the uh, titty tail. T- tidy tail, yeah. Titty tail. T- seat concept seat, AXP plastic skid plate front, a Cherubis Plastic rotor guard, a Cherubis plastic frame guards, giant loop Mojave saddlebags, Avic custom graphics. Did he say muffler? FMF? Titanium slip-on. Has half of the FMF sticker. Yeah. No, I'm looking at it because... Looks like it has a weird end cap on it. it, it, Well, yeah, it looks a little different. And it looks like a small opening, which, you know, good on him. (laughs) <laughs> for not just running the bazooka pipe out the back. Yeah. Cause because in reality they run they run better uh with the with the smaller opening in my experiences. At least and you know, you look at the ground he's riding on there, not a ton of traction. You gotta be careful about this kind of stuff, but 
Is there anything else you could have modified on this bike? Silence? The crickets? Recluse. <laughs> Recluse. <laughs> Those look like a OEM plastics. That's a pretty... <laughs> Looks like he's riding and taking it some places and that's doing a some pretty, stuff with that's it. That's a pretty well set up chariot. He's got all he's got all the stuff on it. And the good thing about his picture is it shows the bike and he managed to keep the whole thing in the shade so the light's actually okay so we can see it. He's got his helmet in there and everything. He's got his goggles. He did all his he did his sponsors yeah. proud. Yeah. And he put he put all the stuff in it. I, I'm going with the with the goggle strap facing the camera too. Yeah, I'm going with the roost on this one. He's got he's got all he's checked off all the boxes. I think this would be a pretty good bike. And let's see. He's got pretty much everything. Yeah, everything. He's got this whole there's there's nothing left to be done to this motorcycle. Yeah. If you're want, really wanting to modify the crap out of your bike, and the only thing you could have done better is put throw some flex bars on that thing. Fast Company flex bars. Does he have stock foot pegs? It looks like it. For that kind of bike, you know, when I'm setting my bike up like this also, I run adventure-sized foot pegs on my KTM 500 on my, quote, rally slash uh, long-range bike. So a couple mods he could do. He could, he could use some mods. I can see that, Kirk. Good job, inside line moto. Those guys that listen to the show in their in their uh, pull up Grant in their shop while they're trip. while they're tuning everybody's bikes up down in Orange County. So uh, shout out to Inside Light. Thanks for uh, listening, guys. I know they usually they usually have to turn it down because they don't want anybody to know that they listen. Because I wouldn't right. either. It's okay though. This Grant. is kind of this is Grant's photo. Yeah, Grant. You know, you, know, you know how I sent you that picture of my cat. I've got a lot. Narrow it down. I got a lot of pictures of your cat you sent me. Well, the ones from behind, where oh, she's saying yeah. how much she likes you. Licka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having problems with this photo. I can see that as we're trying to watch this yeah. show. Okay, that's the best spot for it, right that's over the top of my face, Matt, because I'm the host and like you know, like just blocked. Let's talk out. about it, Grant's bike. It's a 2017 Husqvarna. FE250 mods include lowered suspension by the previous owner, recent new brake lever, and more recent cut kickstand. Right. Future upgrades include raising the bike to stock height. I kind of like that. You know, basic guy, bought a used bike, going to put it back to stock and ride it, I hope. I can... Barely, it's it's like I like to look up anybody's muffler. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to know your license plate number. As a, as a as a former uh, uh, you know law enforcement officer, you like this photo? Well, where's that you can plate get from? That seems kind of Europe, Euro Canadian or something. Man, is that a big looks, plate? It or looks, is a bu small bike. Uh, it looks Canadian. a little BC ish. Yeah, yeah. I want to know why he's pointing down where he can't go. Like. It, like, is there a trail these blocking the road with? But Got I can't. I don't like the OEM mirror. Yeah, I was going to say factory yeah, mirror waiting to be. Don't like the OEM mirror. Don't have a square mirror. Problem yeah. with that is you don't just break the mirror off. <laughs> it breaks it the breaks perch. It breaks the perch, yeah. Uh, this bike could definitely use some help. <laughs> so can his photography skills. But, I mean, we, we don't so expect you to be. maybe he needs a $100 taco. It could be. I, I mean, we do not need everybody to be a professional photographer, but you know how. Okay, 
So this is going back to my my former life when I was a photo model. And I don't like to talk about myself, but I'm using this as a <laughs> as a as a way to, you know, help everybody out. You see these awesome photos. Like, you know, let's say the brochure photos, advertising photos, stuff that's like just there's a lot of thought and work that goes into it, but there's a few simple things that are they're done. They they actually look at the background and I'm looking at this photo here. It's a really nice background. That'd be really good. And if you would have just turned the bike like 76 degrees back in going the other direction, I'm not talking about a cap heading. I'm just talking about pivoting it so, that much to catch a little bit of light and then shot some, especially with that dark background. If it would have got down lower, that light would have caught the bike and it would have lit it up into the, into the background. We would be able to actually see what it is. And, and then I would have bitched about, at that point, you know, he had a nice photo. I bitched about the tires he had on it because they looked like a little closed block, not really good for the aggressive off-road riding that you expect to be doing. And uh, other things that I can't see. <laughs> Makes sense? Yep. Endo. Okay. Endo based on this the photo. This is the last one. We, you, we got you, a close look at this. Do you agree like, with that? I'm I'm here just to read. I'm not. No, you're to ju agree. You're judgmental. No, I'm not judging. You're not judging this no, one. I'm it means gonna, George says it ends you up. You guys it's can't end up. Oh, Matt, th thank you, Matt. Chiming in. Know how this thing works? Wow, I want to go there. That looks spectacular. We saw this bike recently. Yep. This is from Sandeep Teja. I hopefully that's right. T e j a Teja. You met him. I know. But I didn't know how to pronounce his last name. I just looked. He was at a in the class the whole time. What'd you just? Hey, you all the whole class. She just went. Hey, you. Yeah, I don't. I look at form. I don't look at names. <laughs> 2022 KTM 500 EXC, a Get ECU Grave Slip On Exhaust, Baja Design Squadron Headlight, Moto Minded Dash, Fastway Evo Foot Pegs, Cone Valve Forks, Track Shocks. That's. This cone valve forks <clears throat> track shocks thing is pretty popular. Yeah. It's almost like the other bike, but not as much stuff. Close. I don't know. This thing, looking at it, you know, I mean, we saw it. He was at the school. That that bike looked like it had the everything thrown at it. He, so his list. I mean, was, there were knobs and dials and rheostats and all kinds of stuff on the handlebars. Yeah. yeah. It had a lot of stuff. It. Why is the handlebar turned away from us? He's not hiding a disc guard, is he? No, I think I, I think see so. the whole disc. <laughs> I, I'm not seeing it. No, right. It but it is suspicious. It it's suspicious. It is suspicious. I don't know why everybody's doing this to us with this whole turn it away. His bike wasn't too loud, was it? No, no. I don't think so. No, that's good. I, I, because I, I, I know that sometimes the graves are just open, open bazooka mufflers and stuff, but this had a. This one, like I said, didn't stand out as being that loud if that was the one in the class, which I appreciate. I mean, less sound does not equal more ground, but it makes Jimmy happy. So uh, he's got his iPhone mounted up in there. Double take mirror? Do you say double take mirror? No. He's, he's definitely had more uh, add-ons than what's listed here on he's there. He's got a Cherby's tank on it. I think it has a Scott steering stabilizer. I don't it know did it, have a Scott's at the class, and it looks like it's there. Right. I mean, his his bike was, had different colored fenders in the class, didn't it? 
Um, it, I don't think so. It was uh, his Scots. The uh, the low speed was pretty stiff. I meant to say something about that later, but oh, I I never rode the bike or touched it, so I didn't notice. Um, he has a, a pipe protector on this thing. That's for his luggage. Yeah. No, the, but he has the pipe protector there, but he also has the the P three one that's on the front of the header. There's there's a lot more stuff. Maybe he was limiting the amount of stuff, so we think we, he need more. Could be. Did this bike start out as a six days? Because it does have the, the triple clamps on it as well. Interesting. Don't, don't know. I think we're I think we're being deceived here with the amount of Could information be. that's been delivered at this point. You know, I hate it when they give us too much. Mm-hmm. I know he was mad because he and, sent it in last show and didn't get up. Or that's something. on. That's on Matt. Yeah. Yeah. They all come in the order that they go in. Do Do we need more, Matt? We do need more. So go ahead and send them to me at Matt Jimmy Lewis. They might get on the next show. Still didn't get my uh, my you video me, in. You got to send me edited down version, and then we'll be right on. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this um, uh, I like um, uh, roost. The picture, roost. The picture makes it. Picture really, really nice. helps. Uh, picture definitely mm-hmm. helps. Um, good. That looks like a nice place. I kind of know where it's at. It's a good place. I like seeing all the water that I'm gonna drink later. In the photo. Actually, we get ours out of the well. <laughs> so it doesn't really count. Anyways, uh, thanks, everybody, for doing the uh, Taco Moto Rooster Endo segment. This is the time when now George gets to decide who. Oh, no, no. I wasn't ju- I wasn't part of the judging. You guys, you guys got that. No, this is the segment where George decides who gets to roost or endo and who well, he already told you who he was so indecisive. Since he was so indecisive, you get to decide who wins the $100 from Takamoto. Oh, I do? We'll give it to the guy whose bike's facing away off into the distance on the Husky or whatever it was. Is that what you want to do? It seems like he could use it. It seems like he could use it. Yeah. George speaks. This is what we do. So, Graham. Grand Gun, gun trip. trip. You win. The hundred mall hundred dollars from we go. Taco Moto. Yeah, George, good job. Yeah. So the news cycle actually today is all about the election and everything. Oh, we're having one of those? So I didn't know if you want to go into already. politics. I voted already. Go into politics, but uh let's put up the latest uh results, Matt. Oh, you didn't you say get... latest results. Does Matt have latest, this? Some latest maps. I just pulled up a, a map. So really where cool. are we yet yet? So you got so, it? My yeah. problem, my problem is in 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 like maps and stuff like that. Yeah. I I know every place I've been, and I understand maps and stuff like this. But like red or blue, I don't know the difference. Well, Honda, I think, is represented by the red. Honda, blue is yeah. Yamaha dominated. So right. So we like we the, live in a Yamaha. We're in the in blue a, cruise in zone. The blue cruise zone. We've got Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Minnesota. One, Wisconsin, Illinois, one district Michigan, in Nebraska, Georgia. How come? Uh, how Virginia. come? How come most of the is states- Georgia a swing state? So could they maybe go KTM, Honda, or Yamaha? What do you? How think, come we Jimmy? don't have any? How come we don't have any orange or white or or other colors? Well, those are the extremes. Those are the radicals. They don't count. Well, they're just the radical representations of each of those parties. In in the old days. You know, at the motocross tracks and stuff, it was kind of like when I grew up racing and stuff, it was Honda, Yamaha, and then Kawasaki came along. So we need some green states in there. Oh, yeah. 
green. Yeah, and then there's Suzuki, which is kind of different. Hey, you know they released a brand new V-Strom. I saw some news flash. Brand new news flash about the V-Strom. It's a V-Strom 850. But the funny thing is, like, the reason they call it a V-Strom is because it had a V-twin motor. Mm-hmm. And now it's a parallel twin, a 270 fire. They still crank. call it a V Strom? Yeah, they still call it a V Strom. But so now they have the new V Strom that's a parallel twin that fires at 270, kind of like the Yamaha Tenere. Um, and guess who? Guess what Honda introduced today? The Transalp 750. That was the one I read. Right. Yeah. So that's a 270 degree firing. It's the same mo- motor that's in the Hornet, you know, their 750 ish mm. motor. But yeah, some new adventure bikes coming down the pipe. Uh, the Eichma the show is going on right now over in Europe. So that's where a lot of this stuff is kind of popping up on the radar. That's just like the elections, I think. It's like new so, motorcycles or elections. It's all the same. It's all the same. I voted. I tried to pay attention to my voting. I think I did a good job. I hope I pick winners. It's like a contest, right? Where you try to pick the ones that win. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's that's the way we all want to do this. I've been working out. Did for you vote, it? Matt? Oh, I vote as as soon as early voting go opens. Got I it. Go and I vote and I bust it out. You you went to the election place. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. huh. That's that's good. I just do it by mail, but Me so that too. maybe Travel doesn't count too much. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I hope everybody voted, and the reason you should vote is because if you don't vote, then you can't complain. That's. That's all. That's vote they, to complain. Exactly. We all we always like to complain, and if you voted, then you can complain about the stupid shit that the politicians that you elected. So you are turning this political conversation. I want to talk about dirt bikes. Oh, you just wanted to turn the tables on me. I wouldn't say that was a. Political <laughs> you sound like a politician at <laughs> a debate. You wanted to like next time we're not. You're not going to get to interview me. I'm not going to allow you that luxury anymore. You're going to have to debate me. That's on your next appearance on I, Tech Talk Talk Tuesday. The topic. That might be kind of fun to have a debate. Right. Okay. So that's the next the next time Joe, George shows up. Uh, it's uh, after our December class. George, you I'm not qualified to debate on motorcycles, so we'll have to pick a to- different topic. Oh, I'm so I'm so good to debate RFS carbs right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was all going on in the background. I can debate like KTM two stroke motor rebuilds right now quite well. Okay. Oh, yeah. we can have a debate about if the TPI is good or not. Then the TBI or whatever. If it objectively makes the bike better, we should. The TBI. Well, is that is was that a question in our chat? No, I just know that the TPI what, is good. What were those questions you hey. sent me? Let's go through those really quick. Okay, yeah, let's bang through the questions. Sorry for everybody that you know sent questions in and wanted them answered. We're just going to get to them at the end of the show, the but thing. this is the way it works. But this show Let is brought to you by, again, Double Take Mirrors. If you want a discount code, let us know. Bulletproof Design Seat Concepts. Did you hear how complimentary john was of my c concept seat on my tenere 700 oh yeah so yeah. big john uh had a tenere he sold it for more than he bought it for but that's john uh he rode my bike and he's like man your bike kind of feels small and i'm like couldn't figure out why and it was because the handlebars were rolled back just a little bit he moved them back he said okay now it's normal he goes man this seat and then he handed me his brand new husky rockstar edition 300 whatever ride this because it had a really stiff horrible seat on it because he wanted to ride my tenere fast company trail tech ddc climb scott sports check out the amplified goggle lens because i like it takamoto who sponsored rooster endo 
tacomoto.co and of course yamaha blue crew we only talk about yamahas in this show so what's the first question <laughs> sean elliott thank you for another great show enjoyed discussion on the xr600r i have owned several one of my xr600rs had the hrc 628 kit installed if jimmy had a choice of stock versus 628 kit which one would he ride I would ride a Yamaha XT600. <laughs> Come on, you <laughs> shill. <Blue Crew>. No, <clears throat> hey, I it I I had a Yamaha XT600 as my first real dual sport bike. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I've been I've been did I didn't just jump on cuz they came on the show. I've been on the Yamaha for a long time. But in all honesty, the the 628 kit, I didn't like the way the 628 ran. I so the bike we won the Baja 1000 on was a 600. It was a 600 with a high compression piston, a ported cylinder head, and the 628 or the HRC cam inside of it. That was the setup. Because when you went to 628, I don't know what happened other than the bike didn't rev out as good. It got hotter and it and running it hard, it got slower. And it's just a so, bore, right? Yeah, the six twenty is just a just, a, just a bore, and so yeah, we ran a we ran a six hundred, and I liked it better. Was, so, was the six twenty eight just a bore to ride? No, it, it, it was it was way more exciting. It's just kind of like all these things, like these <laughs> yeah, guys are more, getting more, these ECUs more. and pipes and all that stuff like that. When you ride it and you gas it and you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, but you actually ride it and you want it to work, yeah, doesn't do the same kind of work. It makes you work more. I like the six hundred to work better. Okay, this is on the 2023 CRF 450F impression. Is that a Yamaha? No, just kidding. It's no. a Honda. <laughs> no. Bobby Blenio. I'll have to slap ya around a little. Great opening to the vid. What were the clicks when you went to adjust the forks, in or out, and how many? Also, what did you do to the stock? High speed clicks. Thanks for the info. I'm getting this bike, and any info will be appreciated. Thanks, Bobby. Yo, bro. <clears throat> Let me get at back at you with this <laughs> info. www.dirtbiketest.com. Search CRF450F, and I'm pretty sure that we will give you the numbers at some point in the impression. The written one, the one that you have to read. You can't just watch it like on YouTube because at the time we had to we had to bust the video out really quick. Uh, and the kid that kids that helped bust it out weren't really into paying attention to how many clicks we went here and there. But that's but all very personal to the rider, right? It is. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I don't know necessarily it's kind of if so if you're gonna get one, get one. Set the sag, you know, adjust the ride. Well, get one, ride it for an hour. Then set the sag, adjust the ride height, and then go ride it and tell me what you feel. It could be the best bike you've ever ridden, or it could have some faults. Hey, the front forks are a little stiff, or the back end feels stiff, or I wanted to do this or that. Come back at me with some good info, and I'll give you some guidance on which direction to go. I mean, the clicks that we set it to, I mean, between me and Trevor, and you rode it, didn't you? Yeah. You rode that bike? I rode it. I rode it for and you a little bit, actually. Yeah, and you remember hearing me and Trevor argue about, not argue, you know, we discussed, but argued about, like, 
Trevor went one direction that mm-hmm. seemed kind of counterintuitive based on his yeah. weight. And I went another direction based. It was counterintuitive based on, based on the, weight. the weight. But Ev- that's what worked better. And I yeah. tried Trevor's setting and he tried my setting. And we came back and agreed to disagree. And it worked for both of us. So that this is the, the thing about when we start talking about like, oh, give me the give me the clicks. The magic bullet. Uh, Bobby, Bobby, what's Bobby, Bobby Blenio, Bobby Blenio. I don't know if you're a 150 pound twig or a 260 pound monster. How can I give you suspension settings? Right. I don't know if you're a, you're a pro like me or a pro like George, (laughs) you you know, so I don't, I don't know. But still, I, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not one. I see where he's coming from. He wants a magic bullet, you know, thing. Everybody does. Everybody does, and until I really started hanging out with you and and starting to experiment or not be afraid to screw around with that stuff right. and try it, but it takes some work to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, work. Well, well it's time time doing it though. You have to ride it. You have to really think about it. You have to be conscious of it. You got to ride through the same area, maybe doing the same things. You know, it's it's not just hey, something hey Bobby. If any of this stuff confuses you, or it confuses anybody on this show, and you just. Come in the chat one of these times, 7 o'clock every Tuesday night. Come into the chat, live chat, and ask, hey, how how should I go about setting up my bike? That will take me a good hour to answer. We could eat an hour of this show. But you got those that. videos, I think, up, don't you? We have some uh, that explain this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dirtbiketest.com. Todd Kelly. Jimmy, so the infamous front, quote, useless disc rotor guard. You wanted a picture of one organically gouged, and after washing my bike today here in southern Arizona, I inspected my guard, and lo and behold, it's done its job. Certainly nothing like the rear, but it's definitely saved a bent rotor. I'd agree that in most terrain, and they we, are just we, unnecessarily we. unsprung weight, but here in the super rocky mountainous terrain, it's good protection to have. So let's see it. We we have the photo up on the <clears throat> site. So if you're watching this, you see the photo of this discard, this nice billet, bulletproof designs, billet discard, anodized, nice and orange, so you can see the scratches. Well, and the so the scratches are on the very bottom. Yeah, I, I, I want to see one way more so, scratched up than this. So like here's it. what I could surmise from this is if that discard wasn't there, that rock may have never hit anything. This is this and is deflected this, the bike or anything. It would have just went right by because I'm that, looking, that's at least what, probably a half inch away from where the rotor is on that outside edge. Right. So so there's some there's some room in there. And yeah, it may have hit it and it, it depends on how did were you up on a rock and you imagine be up on a rock and sliding down on one of those slot rocks like it just you know falls in between it. But no, I want to see one that looks like Destroyed. Look at your rear discard, by the way. Look at that, and then understand the the difference here. I don't. I I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give give you up. Give you up. This See one. if that was my bike. That would be from the toolbox in the back of the truck <laughs> that just slid over against it when I was driving down the road. But hey, you got to thank him for paying attention. Taking a picture, you asked for that. No, I did so ask for that. I want to see. For it I have one picture. And he the did. the one that I that I originally started all this complaining about. I have it. It's in my shop. It's up in the sh- thing, and it's way more scratched up than that. And and like I said, it, I I 
took it off the motorcycle because yeah. I didn't like what it and was Todd, doing. Todd, you got to know that if you're going to do this in play, you're going to get made fun of. So I like Todd. Todd's yeah. Todd's definitely a supporter of the show but, and, and a good good job. Uh, <laughs> send us an email. So we're just going to see if we can get you a bulletproof designs discount code or something like that to uh, to make up for. You tried to prove me wrong, but I'm not taking it. <laughs> so. Yeah, since you're in control, you do. You can just deny it, right? No, I did. It, it was a good try. I wanted. I want to see one that just looks hammered, like a back discard. You know, because those get run through stuff, and then all the way to the bikes on, and it's drugged through it. Where the front, oh, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, this you ram the front into something that hard, and you can have more damage. Yeah, parts there's different of the bike. different kinds of things. So, hey, okay, thanks, George, for showing up. I can't believe you stuck around. I know you wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks for the interview. I got to you know get get a little bit of my you know former life off my chest, explain it to people. So when people say who the fuck do you think you are? Excuse my French. We can say episode one sixty three. Yep. Right. That's how I got here. And uh, if you don't want to do that, then don't listen to the show. It's that simple. Uh, thanks to Fast Company. I'm putting these foot pegs on my Tenere. If I ride back to California, these foot pegs will be on it because adjustable. Though. You heard it here first. George's idea, yeah. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send that to Cole. What was that? A minute, like a, a one hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Make a note of that and send it to Cole. So, with that, anything else? Do you have anything else to get off your chest? Uh, next school is full, so you're going to have to wait for the oh, yeah. spring schedule to come out. Yeah. Sign up for our newsletter at uh, JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. Yeah, classes are full, which is really good because the economy is tanking. Wait, isn't that going to all change after this election? It it won't change quick enough. It's not going to change quick enough? No. I got some news from different multiple sources today that it's begun. I noticed this like, I don't know, the last time gas jumped. The tank. The, the tanking. The tanking. Yeah. It's tanking. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so my my tests are always look at, look at uh, like the RV yards now mm-hmm. are all just overflowing with inventory. So people aren't buying those up, yeah. you know, and equipment yards, rental yards, things like that. If they got a lot of equipment in the in the in the yards, and then my other gauge is how many utility trucks with working people are going down the highway. If there's a lot of those, in the things morning. are going good. If there's yeah. not so many, they're not. So that's what you heard right here from George. Got it from George. So how did how did on ju- the economy? How to judge the economy? We can do weather next. Just look outside. Go. Hey, it's yeah. raining, it and like I'm going riding. Looks like rain. That's it. That's that, that's how it works here. Going to go yeah. rip around in the sand if I can uh, if I can afford the time. But you know the economy's tanking, so I can't afford the time. So things are just going downhill. But with that, we'll see you next week on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. We think it's going to be a regular show from here. Uh, if you want to be a special guest on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, uh, let us know. Because we obviously let anybody in. You can be a guest host. Mr. Happy should probably be the thing we forward around the world and see where it goes. Yeah, we can put Mr. Happy, You know, give him some patches and stuff and see what it does. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Thanks, uh, Mojave Bob. Uh, do you, are you awake still? Yeah, so Bob's still awake. Matt, good job tonight. Thank like, you. All you, all those fuck-ups were pretty managed. Um, I'm going to thank myself because I can't believe I still do this 163 you, times. Yeah, And uh, thanks, George, <laughs> for uh, joining us here on the show. Thanks, everybody, for participating, joining in the chat, uh, watching us on the YouTubes and the Facebooks and all the different things. 
send us emails, questions, comments, concerns, or um, we'll see you out in the trail. Cheers. <laughs>